Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, friends. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Spice Chaos. Yay! This is like the greatest day of our of our lives. Like I forever. know. Um, yes, definitely. Oh my gosh, for sure. Do, this is a. Do great you one. remember? Do you remember like when your children were born? Like this is better. <laughs> it um, might be less painful. It's definitely going to be less painful. <laughs> Probably less messy. Also, <laughs> it's going to be way more funny. Yes. Um, so, um, before we get really, really into the show, um, over there is Caitlin from Creating in Chaos. And over there is Leanne from Spice Plans. Yep, we threw you guys off with the mini so this week, and Caitlin introduced me first. <laughs> You're <And> welcome. <laughs> uh, when I went back and listened to that recording, I was like, oh, that was weird. That felt different. <laughs> um, <laughs> we get into, like, these little routines and just do the same thing every week so um I just was yeah. trying to mix it up you know make sure that you're listening it was a, it Look, was a pop quiz you keep me on my toes constantly <laughs> Caitlin I just love it <laughs> yeah. um so you guys um I have spent the entire week like nervously building up to this moment in my I mind know, right and you know we're we we always take this time um, at the beginning of the show to kind of gush over our guest. And um, I'm going to try so hard to rein it in because I think I'm going to freak her out a little bit. Um, Cause I really am just a normal person and I know she is too. So it's kind of, you know, just, we're all just people that plan in a planner. Right. But when you see someone in the community for so long, you kind of build them up in your head and you're like, that's my personal hero right there. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But see, like, then I met her in person in Chicago in February oh. and she was super cool. So it wasn't like, right. You know how sometimes you like build people up and you're like worried that they're not going to meet any of those expectations, but she was cool. Like she was nice to me and she seemed, she actually gave me a hug and acted like she was happy to meet Aww. me. And I was like, yeah, like, and that might've all been real super fake, but she did a great <laughs> job. Like, really, no, no I, um, I'm guaranteeing that was genuine from this person. But I'm just saying like, that's just so, so nice to just, be nice to a random stranger that speaks Aww. to you in a hotel. Right. Um, so anyway, um, today's guest is Cindy from Llama Letters. And I'm not going to say her last name because people always say 
<laughs> I don't know wrong. how to say this. So yeah. when we say hello to her and bring her on, I'm going to let her say it because <laughs> she's going to say it right. And that's that's the best that's the best way for things to go. So <laughs> the right way. <laughs> yes, we are very, very excited to have her on the show. I have admired her for a long time. I've watched her YouTube videos. I've listened mm-hmm. to her podcast. Her podcast is The Uncurated Life, and it is so cool to listen to her yeah. perspective on influencer life and just, you all know, the all things. the things that, that we're mm-hmm. doing here behind the scenes of this crazy community. And um, so anyway, Caitlin, do you want to gush for a second, too? <laughs> yes. Like oh, my gosh. I'm in the same boat, though. Like, I have not got to meet this person in person yet. Um, we were supposed to all, I think, hit, like meet or whatever you do at Go Wild. I've never been there before. Um, but that, that was like on my bucket list kind of thing. But I also have watched her YouTube channel and love her Instagram. Her lettering is like second to none. Oh, oh my yeah. Gosh, I didn't even yes. mention that. Oh, so much <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yes. Yeah, so like she has more talent in her little finger than I probably have in my entire body. She has um, a book out. She has a book out. Know, yes. All of the things like she is like a boss babe, uh, you know, all the things like I'm, I'm speechless. I have no words. Yes. So anyway, Cindy, we know that you're listening and now we've made a fool of ourselves, but um, we love you and we're happy to have you on the show. So welcome to Spice Chaos. I am so glad to be here. And I've been like silently laughing this entire time, but I was trying not to like laugh into my microphone and embarrass you or anything. So my name is Cindy Gunter Baldo. It's Gunter Baldo. Yes. Gunter Baldo. Yeah. The, this and ironically, the Gunter is my married name from my first marriage, so it's my mm. kid's last name, and the Baldo is my married name from my current marriage. And my original last name was Falkenrath, which is another German interesting last name. Yeah. Which ironically, I think one of my kids wants to take my wants to take my maiden name for their like professional name because Cat Falkenrath just sounds crap. You know what I'm saying? Even their dad yeah. agrees. So. Yes. Oh, I think that's yeah. very cool. That is super um, cool. Yes. Anyway. And um, it's possible that if I had said that, I would have said it correctly because I've listened to you pronounce it a million times. Right. But I just wanted to, I just, we wanted to just let you introduce yourself in the flawless way that you did. Right. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, we're very, very happy to have you on the show. And, um, you know, we, we're just going to be normal now, just like regular yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. Now we're regular just going to chill. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we got all that out of the way. You know that you're, you, you know, now that we feel excited that you're here. That's right. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I feel it in my soul. <laughs> If you, if you had not picked up on that at this point, hopefully we've driven that home. No, I've had enough coffee here, and it was, you know, it, it was subtle, but I, I managed to catch it. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. We are nothing but if not subtle, that's for well, sure. We are the most professional show in the, yes. in the community, for sure. No, definitely um, not. <laughs> um, so, yes, when you, um, when you send the guests the notes the morning of the show, that is proof that you are on top of your game at all times. Hey, it was the week before winter break. So (laughs) (laughs) you wouldn't have even sent them? I don't even send notes, generally speaking. I just go into it like I free ball it when I go into Oh perfect. Yeah. So Caitlin, let's start doing that. That sounds better. (laughs) I mean we could give it a try, but who knows what direction we would go. (laughs) I was gonna say unscripted. um, Can we do less work, Caitlin? Is that (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know how possible that is, ma'am. I don't know if we could. So, all right. Well, Cindy, what we want for you to do right now is very overwhelming. We want for you to introduce yourself to the listeners as if they don't know you and tell them where they can find you on all the places. And then you get to tell us a little bit about yourself personally outside of like the planner community. Do you think you can handle all of those things? <laughs> it's a stretch, but I think I should be able to do it. Okay. So. All right. It's just sometimes it feels like a lot. Like just, okay, we want you to do all this at one time. Go. Oh, man. <laughs> I guess the, the easiest way to describe what I do is I am an, a creator. And it's not just creating like I have a YouTube channel and a podcast it's like you guys talked about. And I just returned to Instagram after like a six month break. And I also do freelance work, freelance artwork, freelance lettering work, freelance graphic design. So that's something else. I work for myself and sort of juggle the balance between making stuff for the internet and making stuff for people who pay me, but I get, you know, paid in various ways. I, can be found on YouTube with my name, Cindy Gunter Baldo. I hope it's going to be linked in the show notes so you don't have to try and spell it. And my Instagram <laughs> handle is Llama Letters. And if you search Llama Letters, most of my stuff shows up because that's just what's associated with me. But that's basically what I do and where you can find me. My personal where you can find me is Napa, California. I have lived here for, oh. I think, 12 years. I have lived in California my entire life. But and in Northern California, like, oh, because that's a totally different state than Southern California. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, yes. I, like I said, I am on my second marriage. I've been with my husband, Jesse, for 11 years now. And I have two kids with my ex-husband. But the way we see it is my kids have four parents, my ex and his wife, who's really rad. And then myself and my husband, Jesse, who is their bonus dad. So my oldest kid is Cat. They are non-binary and they're 17. They'll, they'll, well, they're not. I keep calling them 17. They're going to be 17 in two weeks, so they might as well be 17. Oh, yes. Right. And <laughs> my up. younger kid, uh, my son is RJ, and he is 14. Will be 15 in March. So I now have two high schoolers, which is a very wild ride. I also have two cats, Loki and Lucy. And we're hoping to get a dog this next year. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, but, oh. Yeah, I also, I guess the other thing really to talk about is that I have genetic kidney disease, polycystic kidney disease, and I am currently in end stage kidney disease. I'm not on dialysis yet, but I am in the zone where one bad kidney infection could put me on dialysis. And I'm currently oh, looking for my. a kidney donor. Yeah. So wow. that's, that's all... There is to, oh, and I guess to also add, my husband works in the wine industry because we live in Napa and that's the job that's here. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a beautiful job. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, yes, we have an entire closet full of wine. It's our, oh. our coat closet is actually our wine closet. Oh, I um, love that. And do you like wine? Um, fun fact I am sort of a heretic in Napa because I prefer sweeter white wines. And I actually okay. love sparkling wine, but as my kidney disease has progressed and I've gotten on more and more medications, I'll have like two sips of wine and go straight to the hangover. So I don't really drink alcohol anymore. I like okay. have a little bit when I'm trying to celebrate something, but it's a very fine line to walk to have okay. of like having a sip of sparkling wine, but not the sadness of feeling like total garbage for the next three days. 
Oh, okay. yeah. Yes. Oh, my goodness. oh, that is unfortunate. Oh, my God. It is. It's very unfortunate. Yes. Um, well, and I only ask that because um, I'm actually recording this episode in my car outside of um, a liquor store. Oh, um, nice. Appropriate. <laughs> appropriate. Yes. Um, yes. And it's episode 69. Um, yes. Also we're appropriate. Coming at you, yes. And we're coming <laughs> at you completely uncensored. So, That's um, right. Yeah, just put your big girl pants on and put your children to sleep somewhere and listen up without the kids around. Right. Um, or if you're like me, just, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. In the background, it's fine. I have teenagers. I No matter how much I cuss, no matter how much I'm known for dropping the F-bomb, mm-hmm. I, like, I have teenagers now. So it's like the house is just a whirlwind of, int- like, with my kids, it's not even about bad words. It's about words I don't understand and I have to look them up on the <laughs> yes. internet. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my I gosh. Know. You just explain my life at yeah. school in the Zoom chat. Like anytime I'm teaching a class I'm like wait they said something that is questionable in the Zoom chat. Let me Google really quick. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I know and I feel the same. Thank the lard for the Urban Dictionary really. I mean <laughs> yeah. because the Urban Dictionary tells me everything. Anytime anybody, yes. you know, says something I don't understand, I just google it and the Urban Dictionary will tell me and um yeah, I I really being around teenagers is tough, man. Yes. And I'm a relatively young mom. Like I'm 40. I'll be 41 next month. But yeah, I you ha- are. I had my oldest when I was 23. So compared to a lot of the parents that, of like the parents of friends of my kids, I'm about 10 years younger than most of them. I'm in that same boat, yeah. Generally, I feel like I'm 16 most of the time, except when I have to figure out what something my son said, like when, and he is like, I've heard that there's now a new clique, like at schools, there's, you know, there's always like the jocks or the, the, the stoners or whatever. And now there's the memers. Oh, no. Just go around saying memes at each other. And my son (laughs) is very definitely in that category, which means he said the same thing over and over again, but not tell us what it means. So Jesse and I will be looking it up on our phones and then figure it out. And then he'll stop doing it because once we know what it means, it's not cool anymore. Right. It's true. It's too mainstream. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is that man. Teenager life is rough. (laughs) I wonder what it was like when we were teenagers, because. I don't feel like, I mean, do you think that, I mean, well, Cindy, I'm 38, so we're very Mm -hmm. close in age. Do you think that we gave our parents the same kind of hard time, like, with the way we we talked? Like, did, were we, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't very cool, so I'm not really (laughs) sure. Like, I was actually a really good kid when it came to school and not, like, my parents were drama stoners in high school, and ditched all the time and so they had me who wanted to get good grades and like was kind of a nerd and loved to talk to my parents and they didn't know what to do with me my sister was you know in choir and loved to ditch school and my parents like ah this is the kid we understand but for me (laughs) I I didn't give my parents grief but I did give my sister's grief that was the bone of contention with us was I was a me I'm the oldest and I was a mean older sister But most of what I remember from high school is like laying on my bed, thinking about my crush and listening to the soundtrack from Romeo plus Juliet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. 
Yeah. I think mean, you yeah, every millennial ever. <laughs> I think you just described my high school days. Like that was, I'm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I'm in that like exennial phase. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm 1980s. I'm like born in 1980. Uh-huh. So I'm in that weird like five year period that's like. Right. It's like some like a little too old there. Yeah. Yeah. A little too old to be a millennial, but a little too young to be Gen X. Yeah. And yeah. I'm 34. Am I 34? Yes. I'm 34. I was born in 86. So I'm like right in there with the millennials. Yeah. Well, and with my husband. Oh, I, okay. Yeah. And see, I feel like that, and that I'm 82. I was born in 82. And that is fully inside of the millennial window. Like, yes, you know, you're 19, like an elder millennial, is what yes, you are. Yes, <laughs> but ni- 1980 might be what they call like on the cusp of it. Mm-hmm. But like, I know that 1982 made the cut. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes I think about that, and um, I, I just I don't really know. I think that we get a bad reputation. Millennials um, in general. Millennials, yes, millennials uh-huh. in general. But I, th- I mean, we've had to go. I mean, like. We have really come of age in like a really difficult, interesting time. I think you know? we get yeah. confused for the generation after us. Um, I think they are actually the ones that have the bad rap, but millennials are just sitting over here at home, like with our anxiety, trying to like hide from our problems. You know, well, that's one yeah. of the Other things folks that are like out there. <laughs> it frustrates me because it a lot of the pieces I still see getting written for like websites and crap they're talking all this shit on millennials like they're <laughs> still in their early 20s and I'm like right. that's the zoomers and <laughs> yeah, to be fair right. I am in awe of the zoomers like my uh-huh. kids are zoomers and what I am seeing from at least my kids their set of friends the people that they kind of run with like I am just so impressed at how how much they care about about the world around them and how little crap they take when it comes to things that they're passionate about. Like when Mm -hmm. adults or older people try to tell them like, Oh, you're wrong about this. They'll just, they will meme you into the ground. I'd be like, (laughs) no. And they're confident. I really like that generation. They're very confident. They're most of them are very sure about themselves. Yes. And you know what? Um, It's, it's interesting for you to say that because you, you put that really beautifully, like kind of the way I feel about it. And I've had this conversation with my colleagues, my, my friends at work that teach the same age group that I do. You know, we have said over and over, people really don't understand, like, these kids are super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, like, this generation is really cool. And people want to talk about, like, oh, we've given them participation trophies and we've taught them that they can do anything that they want. And, you know, but we have produced some, like one of the most confident generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I think, I think that there's, there's nothing wrong with teaching children confidence and teaching, you know, teaching our girls to love their bodies, no matter how they look. And, you know, like instead of raising them with all of these stringent expectations, like I feel like some of us were raised with. I, I, well, I feel like that millennials were the, actually the generation that got the participation trophy. And so now we're like, well, we're just going to let our kids fail and see what happens. Like we're going to let them learn through failure, at least my circle of friends. And so yeah. I feel like a lot of like our kids have, you know, in the teenager ages and even younger, I feel like they are really learning skills that maybe we were over coddled through. Yes. I think it's producing some really great outcomes. Yes. I do too. There's a certain amount of realism that they Mm -hmm. have as well. Like my kid, my older kid wants to be 
a video game designer. But they told me, they were like, you know, I'm I'm good at science and part of me feels like I should go into environmental sciences because I feel like there needs to be more people that are passionate about working on things about climate change. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, you you decide what it is that you're going to do. Know that you can pursue the things that you're passionate about, but also be realistic about it. And it's funny, I actually feel like my kids have a model in me of seeing somebody who is working for themselves, who is doing something that they care about, but they see the back end of it, like the work that goes into it and how it's not always fun. And sometimes the thing that I love becomes the thing that I hate because it's also the thing I have to do to make money. And it's given them a really like good grasp of that. You can grow up and you can figure out ways to do things that you want, but you, there are, like money makes the world go round. Like I, I don't say money is like the greatest source of happiness, but money buys you options. And so mm-hmm. you have to like have that in the front of your mind. You don't, and you don't also don't have to love what you do. You can just have a job that you go to and the money that you make from that job, make sure that you can live the rest of your life. You know, there's different, right. this, the idea that like, Oh, find something you love and you'll never work a day in your life is bullshit. I want my kids to feel like they can they can try and be fulfilled with work, but that they also it's OK to just work as a job, as a means to an end and yes. find fulfillment outside of it. Like my husband is very much a millennial and he has run into the the trap of not feeling fulfilled by work he's done. And mm-hmm. so suddenly he feels like, well, do I need to get a new job because I'm not being, and I'm looking at him like, you don't need to be fucking fulfilled by your job. Yes. Just go to Find work. Do elsewhere. Job. Right. Yes. Well, and the two things can exist together. Like I feel like as, as far as myself as an educator, like there are days when I am really excited and really passionate about teaching and I'm super excited to see my kids. And other times I have to like, find my smile in my pocket like five minutes before zoom and make sure that I'm only showing from the neck up because I'm just so exhausted and kind of over it so I think the two things can also exist together yeah well, the I, I worked at, in grocery stores for 20 years before I started mm-hmm. doing what I'm doing now. I mean I started doing this while I was working mm-hmm. in grocery stores but before I quit I spent seven years at Safeway which is a chain grocery store on the oh, west yeah. coast my I don't know where else Safeway, Safeway. Yeah, I worked up seven years in the bakery as a baker and a cake decorator. And then I worked for 12 years at Trader Joe's as both a manager and a sign artist. And Mm -hmm. I loved my job at Trader Joe's. It wasn't like it was fulfilling, but I liked the people I worked with. I liked the hours that I had. I liked the work I was doing either in the sign room or just doing the register working product. But when those things started to change, that's when I decided to quit also as bad as I'm feeling now, I can't even imagine still working in a grocery store. I've been working for myself for four years now, I think, but, um, but I didn't need to be like spiritually fulfilled by working in a grocery store, but I got to see people every day and I got paid and I had benefits. And when I was done with the work for the day, I didn't have to bring it home with me. And then I could do things like volunteer at my kid's school or watch TV or play video games or whatever. And it was a job, but I was content with my job and that was good enough for me, you know? Yes. And totally. I, I, That's how my mom is too. And I truly sure. She's believe worked there for benefits for years. Yes. Mm. Yes. And I truly believe that there is something in that millennial generation where we were taught, I was taught, find something that you love to do and do okay. that and make yeah. that your living, you know? 
And, you know, as I've gotten older and I've kind of started to understand life a little bit more, I realized, yes, I like teaching. Okay. It's fine. I like the hours. I like, you know, the months that we have off. I mean, there's things about it that are very, very awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's not like I have this passion in my soul for teaching. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to say like that I'm one of those teachers that for me, it's just a job because I know that it's more than that. I know that I get emotionally invested. I do. But at the same time, I like when I can leave it at home and leave it at work and go home. Um, I don't want to have to think about teaching 24 hours a day. You know, I really don't. And I think that we do come, I do come from a generation where you're supposed to be fulfilled by your job. Right. And sometimes I'm just not, and I just have to be okay with that. Um, It's a really, think about how like kind of privileged that mindset is. Like what about like people who, who work in the fields or somebody who's a janitor yeah. who cleans toilets. Are they fulfilled yes. by cleaning toilets? Like, yes. That... Like why, who am I that I should be fulfilled by my job? Exactly. Well, and like, I feel like we also came from this generation where college was like the big push. Like if you weren't going to college, you basically had failed high school, you know? And I am of the mindset that if my kid wants to do something and, you know, they're not college bound, but they're able to make a really good living and they're, you know, they, you know, it's, it's something they want to do, whether they're passionate about it or not. Um, that's fine. But I feel like I get a lot of mixed reactions from that, especially as an educator that I'm, you know, supporting my kids when they're interested in, you know, the trades or like a two year program, like massage therapy or something like that, or even just, I would like to go into a job after high school. Um, if it's something that they're interested in doing and they feel, they feel like that's what they want to do. Like, who am I to stand in their way? Yeah. You know, that's kind of, that's funny because when I was in college, I went to UC Davis and I started working at Safeway as a bagger, you know, for a job while Mm -hmm. I was in school. And then I moved to the bakery fairly quickly and then started to cake decorate. And it didn't take very long for me to recognize that I was much happier decorating cakes and getting the instant gratification of seeing the people who picked up the cakes, talking to the people, like the creating aspect of that Mm -hmm. job, even though I was in college to either be, I couldn't decide if I was going to be a geneticist or an English teacher. So there's that. But like, (laughs) I wound up dropping out of college because college felt, it didn't feel right. But doing this job where I wasn't going to make as much money, but I was happy in my job. Like, and I was like, I like this better. And I'm putting this money into college and all these things into college where I'm not even sure what I want to do with it. But yet I'm working at a job that's helping, that's paying my rent and everything else that I actually enjoy. And I've never been ashamed of the fact that I worked in grocery stores for 24 years because I, for one, the grocery industry, it actually can pay you pretty well when you work there for long enough. It's we joke about it being the trap. Like you make enough money and benefits where it's kind of hard to start over at a new job because Uh, mm -hmm. to work an entry level at like a civilized business person job, you're likely going to make less money and have not as good benefits right? until you get promoted up and you're already stuck in this, like making good money at the store you've been at for 10 years. Right. And you can work less hours to get full-time benefits. My mom only works 20 hours a week and that's just enough that she is able to get benefits from Safeway And she has done that our our whole lives and she worked nights so that, you know, she could be home with us during the day when my dad was at work. 
And so it was just something that really worked well for them. And, you know, it, it really was great for our family too. So, and right yeah. now grocery stores are booming. Like they are, you know, oh, yeah. for sure going to have a secure job right now. My well, ex-husband still works for Trader yeah. Joe's and he, mm-hmm. yes. my ex-husband and fun. We didn't meet at Trader Joe's, but he right. started working there when I was pregnant with Kat. And then I started working there when I was pregnant with RJ and then Jesse was working at the same store eventually when we started dating he started working at the same store there was a point where my ex my boyfriend and me were all working at the same trader joe's oh wow but, oh, yeah my. but he's the only one of there was a point where my kids had f- three of their four parents working for trader joe's but oh. now russell still works there as a manager at a different trader joe's than the one we were all at and jess and i have now moved on to other things but mm-hmm. you know he loves it he actually loves being a manager it's like he's had family who's been with trader joe's since it almost started so for mm-hmm. him it's put like a like kind of like a family business yes. and now his older daughter who his, his wife's daughter who he adopted is 18 and working at trader joe's oh <laughs> so, wow you know, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Trader joe's family yes, yes. for that's and see, you know, that's one of the things that I think that one of the greatest things that's going to come out of the coronavirus in this country is us realizing who is the most essential in our economy and our society. Right. Yes. And, you know, when everything kind of shuts down and we can only be on like a skeleton crew, who is it that shows up? Mm-hmm. And it's the people that work in grocery stores. Because we have to have food. We have to. Totally. Well, and even as a teacher in a virtual school, because my school's been virtual for 15 years before this ever happened, and we were basically looked at as, like, quote, not real teachers or not a real school by other educators. And now they're, like, all coming to us. They're, like, how do you do this? What do you do in Zoom? How do you get kids to engage? And so now, like, they're realizing the, you know, the benefits of having a virtual school in place. So same thing. Uh, we're going to realize like what really is important and, um, and all of that good stuff. Yes. And I, I just, uh. and Caitlin, you send me these memes about things <laughs> and sometimes they're very, um, you know, and, and Cindy, if you ever want to get in on like our meme trading, like you just let us know and we'll ask I you. I feel in. like I have a special gift for finding memes. <laughs> yes. Like Caitlin, like son. I'll. Yes, I'll be away from my phone for a little while and then I'll pick it up and there'll be three new memes. And I'm like, yay, hell yeah. Like Caitlin's got my back. Um, with the funny stuff. Um, but one of the things that she sent the other day was about how we used to blow candles out on birthday cake. <laughs> yes. And, and then Never eat again. the birthday cake. And that, all like, of us we, ate it. <laughs> like somebody would blow on the cake and then we would all eat it. Like we were crazy. Like what? <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna it took me a second that. and then I got Literally it. Literally changed that in yes, birthday parties. Like, My like kids that's... are gonna get their own cake going forward, and then everyone else is gonna get cupcakes that are not contaminated. Yes, like how did we live our lives this way? Oh, where sick. we were blowing on everyone's food before we were eating it. And it was socially sick. acceptable and expected. You know, and it's <sighs> it, it it it's so funny, like you know, California went into lockdown in March. Right. Mm -hmm. And then things started to ease up. They started to do other things, but like we never left lockdown. Right. We're locked down again. Nothing has changed. We did put the kids. So Napa schools started all virtual Mm -hmm. this year. And then they went to phase. they have a phased plan and they went to phase two in October where 
some of the kids would go back for two and a half hours a day, twice a week, and they had them divided into AM and PM, PM cohorts. My kids are like, if we never hear the word cohort again, it's going to be too soon. Oh, yes. <laughs> They're yeah, divided words. And oh. so the AM cohort would go in on Thursdays and Fridays, and the PM cohort would go in on Mondays and Tuesdays, but then they'd be virtual the rest of the week. And the kids who did not sign up to be in online school would still be in those same classes, but the teachers would have to teach to the kids in person and to the kids on zoom at the oh, same no. time. Absolutely. That sounds like a nightmare. Yes. That is a act. That is absolutely what, what was headed my way. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, the schools here in North Carolina um, and we have been considered a hotspot for like what, four months, Caitlin, like, do you remember right. back since in the summertime? Yeah. Since yeah, all back of Back in started. the summertime when I was at the beach all the time in the summer and it like, mm-hmm. we were like the ultimate hotspot. It was terrible. And, um, they started us back all virtual. That's how school started. We were all virtual until about October. And then they started bringing back the little ones, like the little mm-hmm. ones started going back in and phasing back in and three weeks at a time, they were bringing in different age groups. And then right before they got to the high school age group, they went all back virtual because of the numbers here in North Carolina. So the high schoolers in my district still have not come back. Yeah. Um, See, we sent, we decided to send our kids back. Not be like part of the reason we never de like never loosened up what we were doing was because I, like I said, I'm an end stage kidney disease and my husband is a type one diabetic. So we're both in the vulnerable category and we both are working from home. He's been able to work from home since it started. And we decided to send the kids back after some conversations with my ex-husband and some conversations with the kids because both of their mental health has been really rocky, especially my oldest over the course of this quarantine. Mm -hmm. So we decided to try sending them back. And especially because my son, this is his freshman year. He started freshman year of high school virtually. So we we sent them back, but within three weeks of them being back in, Napa's case count surged. And so the way our school district has done it is you can choose when they offer the the enrollment in to go in person to school. But if you choose to stay virtual, you don't get to opt in later in the semester. But if you opt into, but if you opt into in person, you can pull your kids back to virtual at any point. So that's a good comfort level for the parents there that they do have the option to pull them back to virtual. Mm -hmm. And we did that after talking to my kids, we were like, guys, I'm sorry, but these cases are going up. And my, and Kat was like, mom, look, I want to protect you and Jesse, but like, I don't want to get COVID either. That looks like it sucks. So (laughs) we pulled them back to virtual and the way it's working right now, at least in Napa County, I have no idea how it's working in the rest of California is that even though we have the state order to shut down, the way the schools are working, they can stay open if they were already open as long as they're, the case count within the school district stays below a certain percentage. Mm-hmm. So okay. even though everything else, the dining, you know, we've gone right back to just critical stuff being open and like stores only getting to have like 25% of their capacity or whatever. Like we've gone back to like the beginning of lockdown, but schools right now have not been shut. Like they're still in person for the ones who are going in person because their case count hasn't gone above some percent, but we're going to keep it's virtual until, until things are better because we just don't want to risk it. 
Yep. Okay, and, so the, and things have only our kids have only been virtual here, even the kids that were in public school. So my kids have not been in a school building this year. Um, my oldest is in seventh grade and my son would have been in his last year of preschool this year. So neither of them have been in a school building. And we're also so we're in Portland, Oregon. So we're just north of you, Cindy. Um, but we um, let's see. So we're also back to the like 25 percent store capacity, no indoor dining and stuff. But even when they had those things open, none of our schools opened, which I found really interesting as well. But for my kid, I feel like that works better just because she is not, you know, not very good with the transitions. So I feel like she would have had a hard time adjusting going back and then a hard time coming back to virtual. So I'm, I'm kind of thankful that it's all been kind of the same for her. Yeah. One of our biggest problems is that both of my kids are in music classes. RJ mm-hmm. is in band. He missed his first season of marching band this year because they weren't doing it. Kat has transferred over to choir from marching band and is in two choir classes this year. Mm-hmm. And so music classes have especially been yes. like like struggling when it comes to how they're supposed to do things. And what really kills me is that one of the two choir classes Kat is in is the musical class that would have done the school musical this year. And they were going to oh. do Little Shop of Horrors. And oh, I was like, oh, God damn one. it. I wanted to see that. Cat yeah. was Yeah. Like, I was like, I even know what kid would probably have played the voice of Audrey, too. And they would have been oh. thinking. Like, see, oh. maybe they can save it. Maybe they can save it till this is done. Well, Cat said that they might try and do something over Zoom. Oh, okay. There have been some some way, like, other, like, like professional theater companies that have been doing that to uh, kind of bring in some money to like to because that industry is getting just completely decimated and as a huge musical theater fan bums me out so hard i was hoping to go see six this summer on broadway oh yeah um you know so i i went to a performing arts high school and um i was deeply involved in musical theater and the production of the musicals every year and um then when i started teaching i teach at a traditional high school now but I, I, I very, very much appreciate and value the work that the theater teacher puts into the musical every year at my school. Yes. And um, I know her and she's wonderful. And see, when I was in high school, my boyfriend in high school, um, he and I obviously are not together anymore, but we're still friends on Facebook and we keep up with each other. And he has made his living as an actor. Like he, you know, he, he graduated from our performing arts high school and he went on to become, you know, an actor like that's, that's what he does for his living. And I have been doing the best that I, that I can to support some of the virtual things that his theater production company is doing. Um, You know, like at Halloween, they did some um, Dracula stuff and things like that, that they've been putting up that you can um, pay a little bit of money and watch on YouTube and stuff. Um, and I just, you know, I, I really feel for that industry because having gone to that high school, I actually know a lot of people that have tried to make their living, you know, in the entertainment industry. And it really has taken a hit because nobody can go to the theater. You can't do anything. Yeah. And you I know? think about like not just the actors, but like all of like the, the, the production crew, people. you know, yes. Yeah. Like the sound people and the tech people and the props yeah. people mm-hmm. and the costumes yes. people. And yeah, it's just. And oh man, it just man, it, it just makes it me breaks gr- my and I, heart. Yes, I just want to see shows on stage, and like I keep trying to talk Jesse into getting 
season tickets to the San Francisco like Broadway season when they get the tours. And even though I know that's going to be a scary thing to even sit in a theater, but the the lineup for the now it's I think the 2022 season they've had to push it that far but it's like mm-hmm. Moulin Rouge and oh. Ain't Too Proud and The Prom and freaking To Kill a Mockingbird yes. and Town, which I've already seen on stage once with the original cast it is so good it's like the best yes. musical I've ever seen oh. and I just want to see them and Jesse's like Cindy that's just not a good idea and I'm like I know but I just want to feel like oh, one day I'm going to get to see a musical again yeah, I know you miss it. Yeah, I know we've um, been talking about Go Wild and how that's planned for June of 2021 and we're like that doesn't yeah. feel like that's gonna happen and they're in such a hard spot they like, are it's interesting with like go wild because it's you know people at like see it as like this big event and everything but ultimately it's still like behind the scenes it's a small group with mm-hmm. not a lot of money to like they depend it's a juggling act between right. the money from sponsors and the money that they get from tickets and the money they have to put out for like the hotel and everything else and i know bits and pieces about it because i've been you know a speaker there since the beginning and i was on the original committee for the first one and mm-hmm. just i it's seen the way the juggling act to try and not go into like bankruptcy or like right. you know to try and keep the event that they want to keep going, but also to, you know, and I can only imagine with all of the other, you know, the big giant things like Comic-Con or whatever, that's one mm-hmm. thing, but the smaller things that are like labors of love for the people who put them on. And I would yeah. put 99.9% of the planner events that are in, are in that category. And I, I love kind of the planner event circuit, mm-hmm. not just because I go and speak at them, but because I have, part of the reason I love the planner community so much is it offers an opportunity for women, but not just women for the non-binary people and for the men, because we do have men in our community for Mm -hmm. all of us who are adults to make friends with people that aren't the parents of our kids' friends and aren't. (laughs) That's so hard to make friends that are not relate like that you don't sit down and talk about work all day or you don't sit down and talk and you don't even know their name you're just like rj's mom and okay you're aiden's mom you know what i mean (laughs) like (laughs) to make friends over something that is yours and having that group like whether they're small get i have people here in northern cal like we have our north bay kind of group of us we call ourselves planners who lunch it's like an informal group of us because all of the northern california events usually center around like San Francisco or San Jose or Sacramento and all of us North Bay people always get stuck driving you right. know that's so how it is in Portland too everything happens in Seattle oh yeah yeah, yeah. so we well, have like our uh, there's our nothing here <laughs> yeah oh yeah. that's beautiful I love I'm so jealous of you guys that have groups that you can yes. be with Sparkle um, Creations if you know her um she is a Portland person also and we have we're both in the same planner group and we have missed our planner meetups so much. Oh, it just kills me. We're trying well, to do see, some Caitlin, Zoom ones, but it's not the same. Caitlin, you're so close to Tasia, too, from Sweet uh, yeah, Design. Yeah, we like, and we were trying to meet up before this. Um, and she's so great. Like, yeah. you, would, you guys would have such a great time. I would love to meet Tasia in person. Yeah, She's an absolute sweetheart in person. Oh, I know she yeah. is. She, I know she is. And I just, I have so thoroughly enjoyed getting to know her over the course of this journey that I've been on. And I just, Mm -hmm. she is such a sweet person. And I, you know, I think that I I love, so Cindy, this was supposed to be my year of travel. (laughs) I was going to do the whole planner circuit. Like I was going to go to as many planner events 
as I possibly could could muster, you know, like I was going to go to the one in, in New York in September. And I was I was just going to try to get to as many of them as possible um, because I want to do just that, make friends outside of my mom playgroup. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. You, you know, and just I when we were when we were in Chicago, um, like I hung out with KDV to Planner B and Gabe, um, you know, plans with Gabe. And um, they made fun of me because, like, you guys would be walking around like you and some of the other people that were speakers at the conference. And I would just go up and talk to y'all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, like, they would see y'all. And I was like, they're just people. We're all just right. people in this community. Yeah. Like, why are That's you right. so worried about, like, going and talking to them? Like, you know, like, I don't think that Cindy is going to, what, slap me in the face or something? Like, get the hell away from me? Like, I don't think yeah. she's going to act that way. Well, none of us and, are planner famous enough to be like, no, you cannot sit at my table. No. <laughs> and, like, but the concept me, like, of planner famous is, like, yeah. ridiculous to begin with, it's you true. know? Yes, yes. It's so it's true. Like, I just kind of laugh whenever I hear that. I know. Yeah. And, you know, it's 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 just, it's it was so funny because I was just like, oh, look, there's Cindy. I'm going to go talk to her. Or just, you know, name somebody else. I mean, somebody else like, look, Tiff, there's, didn't there's you walk up and talk to Tiff from Villa Beautiful, too. I walked up. I mean, I, I made it a point to be around Tiff from Villa Beautiful as much as I could because she's a really <laughs> funny person. She um, is. <laughs> and yeah, she's fun to hang out with. And I was like, yeah, let's drink. Let's hang out together. Um, I, I, I was never I never felt shy about, you know saying hello to people because like we're all there for the same purpose yeah we're you're there, there to meet other people with a shared passion like that's we're there like, for the fellowship like, it's not a know? middle school dance like where you're gonna just sit there and watch people from afar yeah you know, you know? so like yeah. I'm sitting there I'm sitting there at our table um during that first day um where we all kind of went in and got our tables and I'm sitting next to Katie V the planner B Katie and Stephanie Fleming came in the back door oh with Kayla and sat down and I was like, Katie, there's Stephanie. And she was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to go say hello. And she was like, what? You can't just walk up to Stephanie and say hello. And I was like, oh, I sure can. Right. Um, she didn't walk in with a bodyguard. I sure can. <laughs> I was like, taken down by her bouncer. <laughs> she walks like, in with an entourage. Could you imagine? <laughs> I was like, I have a feeling that she's going to know who I am. We've talked enough that I think that I can go speak to her. And she was like, okay, if you're sure, that's weird. And, um. I didn't feel that it was weird at all. Like I, I don't think that's weird. And she spoke great. to me and said hello and knew who I was. And I was just like, yeah, it was fine. Um, so they just, and then finally on that last day, Cindy, I brought Gabe up to meet you. I, I don't know remember if you remember that. this. That was, yes. I thought it was hilarious. Yes, because, because he, he was nervous. He was nervous. Oh. he was nervous to meet you. And I was like, oh, well, I already met her yesterday, so it's fine. Like, we're friends now. <laughs> we're, and she, We're basically yeah. best friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, I had just basically claimed you as my own. And I said, well, okay. I'll introduce you to Cindy because I know her. Right. And that's <laughs> and what happens Gabe. to guests on our podcast, by the way. So now we're all basically best friends because, yes. because you're here. <laughs> <laughs> so if you get, like, a random text from one of us on, you know, the Instagram or whatever, you're just going to have to be like, oh, well, there's my new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Sending me some friend. random stuff. <laughs> One time, I think it was in Austin at Go Wild, and I was at the Erin Condren store, and I met somebody there who was really nervous to meet me, and I hugged her, and she started, like, shaking and crying, and I was oh. like, dude, 
dude, like, I mean, this is, I'm touched, but like, dude, you don't, I'm just a regular ass person. Like, don't, don't, that's the reason that I enjoy hearing, I, like, when planner events, I, my favorite people to hear from are other people from the community who have figured something out. Like, when I, when I hear from people who have, like, managed to figure their shit out and are, like, way past that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. they, they're they're successful or whatever it is that they're doing and they're telling us about their blah, blah, blah. But to me, I'd rather hear from the people who are still a hot mess and have made some amount of progress, but I'm only like a step behind them. That's right. Yeah. We've been telling people who are potentially going to meet us at events when this happens to lower your expectations. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I try to set low expectations. Yeah. Yeah. When like when if you're as big of a hot mess as I am all the time, then when you yeah. meet me, it's like, yeah, you're super cool. You know what you're doing? I'm like, yeah, because I trained you to think when you met me, I was <laughs> falling all over myself. Like, That's right. <laughs> and I'm like an introvert, like a super introvert. Like I barely like to make eye contact with people. And so I keep telling people that, yeah, maybe I sound really happy and excited on camera and, you know, on the podcast and stuff. But when you meet me, I'm just going to be a big weirdo and probably not like want to look you in the eyes and that kind of thing. So just go ahead and lower your expectations because that's yeah, that's expect well. awkward. Always expect awkward. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's just, actually because... one of my theories about a lot of people who have built up a following in the planner world is mm-hmm. that there's so many introverts in the community because it's a lot easier to be an introvert online because you can be a little bit more measured with what you're putting out there. And so when you meet somebody in person and they're, they're like, they seem stiff or they seem like they have resting bitch face or something like that. (laughs) It's often because they're uncomfortable with the level of attention that they're getting in person versus when they're online and it's easier to manage it because they're an introvert. Now I'm saying this as a theory because I'm not an introvert. I'm an extrovert. Although I am one of those extroverts who does definitely need recovery time. That's part of, and part of my problem is because Mm -hmm. I'm just so physically unwell. One of the things I've run into in the past is that I I love hugging people. I love talking to people. I love being around people. I get so excited and my energy levels get so high. But the problem for me is that I, because I'm so focused on how much fun I'm having and how excited I am to see people, I don't notice that physically I'm starting to like, run low and if I don't catch it and get myself out of the city that's why sometimes I feel like I might have come off kind of like abrupt or like brusque because it's when I've hit my limit and I need to get out of there and go rest one of the actual prioritizations I've discovered for myself which is such a diva thing but it it works is that I need to have my own room when I'm at planner events I can't roommate with people it's not because I don't like being around people I do but I need to be able to wake up on my own without other people being around and like have time to like physically kind of pump myself up and then have somewhere to go that's quiet. And I 99.9% of the time at planner events, even with people I adore or people I see a lot like Kristen or somebody like that, like they often don't know what room I'm in. I don't tell people because I want to be left. If somebody sees me because they're on the same floor, then they'll know what room I'm in. But generally speaking, I keep my room very, 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 private so that I can have that space to recover physically. And that way, when I am out there, I can be on and like 
be having fun and be hugging people and not be not come off like a bitch because I'm because I'm hurting. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. It's, uh-huh. And it's taken yes. practice. I've done enough planner events where I figured it out. And yes, honest, it's good and that I you go know to, that stuff about yourself. Yeah. You know that stuff about yourself and you can give yourself some self-care. I mean, th- that's yeah. one of the things that we talk about in the community is wellness. And, you know, yeah. you have to be able to know like your limits. And I, I think that, um, you know, the thought of us going to go wild, Caitlin, and having three roommates, it's daunting. Mm-hmm. I will, I'm not going to lie. Um, well, and oh, what's going to happen say. for me is there's going to be times when you guys are like, yeah, we're going to go out to a bar and I'm going to be like, peace. I'm going to stay right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the exact thing. And I have the first few couple of go wilds. I did have plenty of roommates and, mm-hmm. um, and I was in that same situation and it was nice. The one thing that I've struggled with in this whole, like being in my own room for my own personal sanity is that sometimes it can feel like, okay, now I'm in the mood to go do something. I got to go figure out who I got to. So I often just wander down to the lobby and try and find like anybody. I'm like, oh, you look like you're having fun. I'm going to join yeah. you <laughs> because then I'm like, fuck, who am I going to hang? At least when you have roommates, you have kind of like a built-in yes. hangout mm-hmm. so yeah, that you don't yeah. feel like wandering around but there's you know to me sometimes some of those but some of those facebook groups that we're in that are like you know supposed to be the purpose of the facebook group is like we are the ones that are going to go wild and people will put out there like i'm going solo i don't have any roommates does anybody want to get together like a, a group of people it that are going to be solo out pretty well yes yeah. like you can always i feel like that from the stories that i've heard in the past i've heard that like you can do that you can just go down to like the hotel lobby and just like find a group of folks to hang out with yeah um, now i'm thinking maybe we should get two rooms with like an adjoining room the biggest fun i've noticed with almost any with almost any planner meetup and go wild especially that was one of the issues that vegas had because vegas there was one spot but there wasn't like a really a good central spot for people to like meet up but in other years with go wild and with like west coast planners events and other events like that usually informally somewhere becomes like the planner spot where people Uh like bring their shit downstairs and start planning or talking hanging out with people we played cards against humanity at one of those tables in the embassy suites for one of the west coast planners events i went to like it just becomes kind of the place in like the public place that just gets taken over by the planner people. Like this becomes yes. the hangout. Yes. <laughs> and often if you can't, I think in Vegas, it was, um, there was the lob, like this bottom lobby-ish area of one of the towers. It wasn't the tower I was staying in, but I was waiting for somebody. So I went there and I realized this is where people congregate. And I wound up having all of these great conversations. I was sitting with my feet up and I, cause I was, you know, in pain, but I wound up having like eight different conversations with different people over the course of like two hours because I just sat there and people were coming back and forth and sitting down with their planners. And like, that's where you can meet people. You just go there. You just, even if you're introverted, you just got to be a little brave and like yes. the risk <clears throat> to talk to yep. people because yeah. chances are they're just as nervous about meeting people as you are. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Because yes. I feel like we're all in the planner community, at least from the people that I've met, we're all just like slightly awkward, even if you're yep. like on the more quote normal range of awkward. I am awkward. Like, we're as all awkward. just a group of weirdos, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I like to joke that I have like no real social skills. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I fake it now because I've done it a little bit, but like my son 
is like Mr. Suave. Like yeah. he could be a politician. <laughs> he is so good at just being like walking into a group of people, reading their vibe and like t- like being himself, but tailoring his like his vibe to flow with the vibe of the group. And then my other kid and I both are like awkward turtles in any conversation. And we're like, we're yes. hoping that something happens in the conversation where we're like, okay, this is, I can, I can get with this. You know what I mean? Exactly. And then if you like are not quite on during that conversation, then for me, at least I'm replaying my like awkward self, like 30 times over in my head. Like, I'm like, Oh, okay. That's good. That happened. Oh, I can't believe I said this or, Oh yes. Yeah. I, I can't believe that I acted this way. Well, and I think that, you know, part of, of what you know when we were in Chicago was that you could just sit downstairs in the lobby of that hotel mm-hmm. and and people would just come in I mean like people would just walk around and there were people you know there was always somebody around that you could talk to and um you know I, I was I was made fun of quite a bit for my like just I don't care who that person is I'm just gonna walk <laughs> up and talk yes. to them um and I'm going to be that way and go wild. And I would be, you know, I'm going to be that way anywhere. Um, yeah. But then I do really appreciate some downtime. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I just, I, I feel like that I spend so much of my time at home being like alone and trying to have downtime that when I go to those events, like when we went to Chicago, I feel like I drank the whole weekend. <laughs> That's I what mean, I've like, heard. <laughs> I just, I, I just, I really, I, I feel like that there was probably very few times that I wasn't, you know, in the morning when we all went into our tables, I think I was sober. Um, but then, you know, if we went to lunch somewhere where they had drinks, like we just partied the whole time. But it was so much fun. And I'm so glad that we got to do that before everything shut down. Mm-hmm. I agree. I know. Yes. I'm so sad I didn't go. I was I remember, about it. I remember at, at the Chicago Planner Conference that we were... Like, there were jokes about, like, I'm not sick. You can give me a hug, you know, because, like, COVID had started to, like, become in our – it was sort of in, like, our radar. But it wasn't really clear yet. Yes. The scope of it. At least I remember, like, I knew what it was. I knew it was around. But it hadn't – it felt more like an existential kind of threat than, like, a real threat. But this was, like – 15 days or something before we shut or 13 days yes. before we shut down and, and they were still mm-hmm. marketing it as like wash your hands and it really you're only at risk yeah. if you're an older person and that <laughs> they were still marketing yes, the, it as the, those things the magnitude of it had not hit home yet at yeah. all yeah um, like i still i jumped into an uber with like four other people yes. uh, that now you know like, oh yes like, i ubered you know. all over that city i ubered everywhere we went everywhere i was in so many strangers cars Oh, yeah. man. And it's just, I just really, when I think back on just the way everything, but I mean, I remember when, I mean, Katie and I went to that big Starbucks in Chicago and we were, we were, there were people everywhere. It was so crowded. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's just not like that anymore. And sometimes when I watch television shows that are from way before COVID, things look weird. <laughs> they, yeah. do. they do. They do. You know, and I just, I, I can't, it almost makes me mad a little bit, the impact that this is going to have on us, because I don't like when things happen where then people are like, and we were never the same. That's right. I know, you know my husband's like, saying that he's going to wear a mask anytime he goes out in public. No. Like, forward. like, he's like, I really like not getting sick. 
He's like, I don't mind not ever having a cold again. Like, that would be great. Yeah, but I just know, like, I just, I hate that kind of stuff. Like, I, I, I need for my change to come about, like, real slow and, like, painlessly. But, you know, for us to just have this one year where everything changed and well after 2020, nothing was ever the same. It's like we haven't had anything that catastrophic since like 9-11. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. when when we ha- now we say to people, well, things are totally different post 9-11. I mean, post COVID, we're all going to be things are just going to be different. And mm-hmm. um, I'm scared of that. Like that that scares me. I miss going to the movies and like seeing a movie in the movie theater. And Oh my God. See, I, I actually too. really enjoy that all of the movies are coming to like Amazon prime. Or no, and you can watch I, them at home I, without people I have, like dinging their cell phone and coughing on you and kids. Running no, around. Man. no, that's no, the movies are the best. I'm a horror that's movie no fan. And when you go see a horror movie, when you have a, like a really engaged audience that like yes. screams and yells at the screen. Oh my God. So, and I <laughs> have been looking forward to the, to the adaptation of Dune. And that's a movie Ooh. I want to see like on IMAX. Like I want yes. to eat my butter popcorn and like <laughs> see, see Timothy Chalamet looking all gigantic and Jason Momoa all humongous. Yes, right thank like, you. See, I'm I want to see you. That. I am a real introvert. Like if everything could be brought to my home and I never had to leave my home, except for maybe like the two places that I like to go, I'm really good with that. No, y'all, I'm sometimes when I... No, when so. I think about when I think about movie theater popcorn, my body starts to physically <laughs> shake and go into withdrawals. And like, like I, Jesse and I have a very like fraught relationship when it comes to movie theater popcorn because he doesn't like a lot of butter on it and I want like it to be so buttery that you need like twenty five napkins. And so yes, our me too. our me too. Like, our compromise is that I get to get the top buttered like that but not to get them do it like you know how they put it halfway down and then they do it again so we don't do that so the top layer of popcorn is mine and then he gets the rest of it (laughs) oh see that's the perfect that's (laughs) perfect then see i like it when like i go over to the little butter machine and i press the thing and see probably from now on we won't be serving ourselves butter at a movie theater Probably with not, our dirty no. hands? Are you kidding me? We're not going to be touching on that stuff. At the, I, I just, I things are going to be so different. But I, I, I mean, feel like, like we never did that as kids, though. Anyway, like my mom was super cheap, so she, she would hide a whole bunch of things in her purse. One of them my being individual too. bags of popcorn for all of the kids. And so yeah, my we mom never did the did same. Like the, yeah, we never did like the buttered popcorn. And she's like, you can get a candy bar at the store before we go, but pass by the concession stand. Don't even look at it. <laughs> Like, I'm yeah. not supposed to have dark soda anymore because of the phosphates, but there's something magical about movie theater popcorn and a cherry Coke. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I always get cherry Like, that's the combination. Like cherry Coke. <sighs> yes. And, yes. And movie theater popcorn. And, like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, now I want it. Damn yes. It. Like. <laughs> I told you, I go into, like, physical, like, emotional withdrawal. Like, I feel... <laughs> Um, like a part of my life that used to be really beautiful is gone. Um, and I used to go to the movies by myself because I was married to a man who did not like to go to the movies. So he would keep the children and stay with the children on Saturdays and let me just go to the movies. I say this like he was some kind of keeper of mine. He let me go. Um, but you know, one of the times like that was my me time was to go to the movies and I would just go see anything. I mean, mm-hmm. I would just look and see what was playing and just pick something, and it didn't matter if it was going to be great or not. But I would go and just sit with my 
own with my own thing of popcorn. And there is just something so awesome about having your own thing of movie theater popcorn because I would like uh, that little butter machine. I would look for like little gaps between the kernels so that I could try to like slip the bu- <laughs> slip the butter like down into the bag. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> oh man, you know what that makes me think of another thing I miss. Seven Eleven nachos, which are terrible. But they were one of my favorite PMS foods. But the 7-Elevens around here, you can't do the nachos because you have to do the cheese yourself. And, like, self-serve stuff like that is all closed. Like, you can't get a Slurpee and you can't get 7-Eleven nachos. And when I was a kid and I was PMSing, like, when I was a teenager, I would get my allowance. And I would go to 7-Eleven and I would get 7-Eleven nachos and a clearly Canadian drink. (gasps) Clearly Canadian was the bomb. It's back. You can get it at World Market. Oh, my God. I've heard. (laughs) but yeah, 7-Eleven nachos, because I would do the same thing. I would look for, like, little crevasses, like, in the chips to, like, <laughs> add the extra nacho cheese to. And, yes. and, like, what I wouldn't give for that shitty nacho cheese right now. Yes. yes. We used, I used like to work rubber. at a pool when I was a teenager, and one of our foods that we sold was, like, a chips and nachos for, like, five, or, like, chips and that nacho cheese for, like, five bucks. And at the end of the day, we would all have you know, cheese leftover. And so they're like, you can just make your chips and cheese or whatever. And we totally, totally did that. And it was the worst chips and the worst cheese. But it's like, I don't know, it's just like a fun memory of working at the pool when I was a kid. Yeah, it's kind of like when you go go (laughs) to a basketball game or when you go to a football game, like when you go to an arena sporting event, they have those Mm -hmm. nachos there that have that real bad cheese because the cheese (laughs) is like gelatinous kind of like it right. kind of gets that film over it you know and it's and, basically oh like gosh. dollar tree chips <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> yes but it's so good because it's yes. like yeah i know um but yeah i really do miss going to the movies that's one of the things and um you know i never minded going by myself and it's funny how we've spent all this time on quarantine talk i want to talk about planners can we talk yes. about planners can we yeah, really talk about let's planners? Just move away from the sadness and move into <laughs> Yeah, I want to I want to talk about planners and I want to talk about podcasts because, you know, like I and I I don't consider I mean, I do consider your podcast like a part of the planner community, but you don't always talk about like just planner stuff, you know, like it's definitely not a planner. Like when you started your show, what was your vision for like how you wanted for the show to be perceived or like what exactly was your kind of mission statement or whatever, like for your show? You know, like, what did you want it to be? Like, my podcast is kind of in like a weird spot right now because it's it's kind of feeling like an afterthought in the other things I'm doing. And it's partly because of my low energy that I've had this year because of how bad I'm feeling. My kidney failure has coincided with COVID. Like mm-hmm. I went into kidney failure during COVID. And so when I started the podcast, what I wanted was a spot where I could talk a little longer, a little bit more freely not that I don't talk freely or for a long time on my YouTube channel but there are just certain kinds of conversations that are more suited to an audio only format yeah and I wanted to be able to talk about the way that we live our lives on social media and the way that we live our lives off of social media and how sometimes often there is a disconnect there and so for many people who get sucked into comparison and I'm one of them when you see the way people live their lives on social media and you compare that to how you live your life in person, that disconnect just makes you feel extra shitty. Right. And so I want to explore that. And I did it both 
with my just having conversations about things that sort of are relevant to that, like on my own and talking to other people. And I haven't really had guests for the last several months because I just it's not been feasible with how I'm feeling lately and how my schedule has been going. And I am still kind of in that place, but I'm trying to think of how to maybe reformat it. I'm I'm sort of in like this this place where I really want to revisit why I'm doing it so that I can um, update how I'm doing it. And right. I, I'm not really sure yet. I'm still, it's it's kind of on my back burner right now. I just finished writing my second book. I just finished doing a bunch of work for Kristen for the new celebrations collection. I just, and now I'm trying to get, you know, you guys know you're planner people. The end yep. of the year is like prime planner time, time. Yes. it's the time yes. to do the things and so I'm, and I'm also trying to, but my husband <laughs> yeah. is taking like his first vacation in I don't know how long and I want to take some time off with him we were supposed to go to Bend to see my sister oh, nice. for Christmas who we haven't gone to see her at Christmas since 2014 mm-hmm. and we had to cancel that she's a transplant recipient and we didn't oh, want to yeah. like it just we were going to try and be careful but it just it's not safe. So we're not doing it, which is a bummer, but I want to spend time with my kids. Our house, we have Christmas. The next day, the 26th is Jesse's birthday. And then Kat's birthday is the 30th. And then it's new year's Eve. And we, we switch holiday custody every year. And this is our last year with Christmas with Kat before Kat is graduated from high school. So I want to take some time off, but in order to do that, I have to film 85,000 planner shit to go up. While I'm on break and I'm in the middle of that yesterday, I spent four goddamn hours filming my 2021 (laughs) bullet journal setup. I have never (laughs) spent that much time on a bullet journal. I have never spent that much time on a bullet journal setup before, but I am going to be bullet journal only next year. At least that's the plan. And so I had to be a little bit more. And then I also got a little bit more aesthetic with it, which is not what I usually do. And so it is the most, it was the most ambitious. And I thought I was going to have time to film like four videos yesterday. No, no, no. Four <laughs> hours of one video yesterday. Oh, no. So that's going to be fun to edit. But, um, yes. Oh my but, God. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but, uh, but the pot, so the podcast has been kind of on the back burner. Like I've been talking about things, but like it's been sort of, there's been some times where I haven't put up an episode and there's been other times. And I don't like that. I like, I want right. it. Because I really love my podcast, but it also has been sort of like lower on the priority list. And so in the new year, I am going to be spending some time really thinking about how I want to do it going forward so that it feels a little bit more <sighs> planned is not the right word, but purposeful, maybe. Or, yes, okay. Or, um, That's how I feel about my Patreon right now. I feel like I, it's been like on my back burner and I, I need to I need to do something different with it because it's just not working. And see, here's yeah. the, I love my Patreon, and I like to say, because I'm not sure, I could be totally wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure I was the first planner person with a Patreon. <gasps> I think you're yeah. probably right. You're probably right. And mm-hmm. I I love my Patreon. That's actually my favorite part. Like, I love doing YouTube, but my Patreon is my favorite thing that I do that is, that is like, my in my, like, realm of the work that I do. My Patreon is... It's my jam. And that's also something mm-hmm. I would like to do, because I've been doing it for, like, four years now, and I need to... You know, it needs a little, I don't think I've really refreshed it since I started doing it. I've added things as time has gone on. But this next year, it's going to be my word of the year, which I haven't actually told people yet because I haven't, that video is supposed to go up today. Not the word of the year, but the power sheets video. 
I have to finish editing that when we're done recording this. Look, but, we're getting some inside info. That's right. The insight my, my word of the year is going to be care. Oh. Because oh. when you look at the definition, I'm going to grab my power sheet because I wrote it down. I was When I was doing my power sheets and thinking about this next year coming up, I was really thinking about like the word that kept kind of coming up in when I was talking about things was stewardship. Right? Like being being a good steward of my resources, being a good steward of like the things that I have, you know, I'm not, I'm a UU. I'm not like, I'm a humanist UU. Like I'm not like hella in the stewardship is a very, like it gets used a lot in like the Christian community when it comes to like church resources and shit like yes. that. And I was a stewardship committee at my church, but I was really thinking about like, kind of like this more like holistic idea of stewardship and like different areas of my life and being good, with that, but it didn't feel like the right word. And so I was looking at my favorite thing to do for doing a word of the year is to think of the words that are kind of in the front of your mind and then bust out the thesaurus and start falling down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yes. Look up stewardship, look at the synonyms, look at some of those, find one that feels good, look at that one, then look at that synonyms, and you're kind of like working your way down to you find the thing that works. The thesaurus is your best right. friend when comes to uh-huh. your word of the year. And so care is where I came. Like care can be a negative thing like it can be like you're you with all the cares of the world like on your shoulders do you know what i mean like that can that's one definition of it but the other side of it is here's one of the definitions attention accompanied by protectiveness and responsibility responsibility for the safety well-being of someone or something the act or activity of looking after and making decisions about something And so that felt right to me because this year I'm going to be caring for my community, for my family, for myself, and for all of the things I do. Like, what care can I take of my podcast? How can I care for it and make it into something that's more fulfilling and more more valuable to the people who listen to it? What can I do when it comes to community they care for me they make it possible for me to do the things that I do how can I care for them and provide them more value and make them feel like what they're doing when they invest in me becomes also my investment into them do you know what I mean so that's yeah so like fancy talking about all this I still have no idea what I'm fucking doing next year but that's kind (laughs) of direction I'm going for 2021 because I've learned this yeah, I got a couple weeks. I can still be a hot mess. But like, yes, like with 2021 coming up and how hard this year has been, the idea of my word of the year revolving around taking care of myself and of the people around me and of the people who care about me and returning the favor to them. Do you know what I mean? Yes. That really felt right for this coming up year. After yeah, the- I love it. And so, see, mine inspirational end of my. <laughs> and see, mine has been my my word of the year for 2020 was supposed to be self care. Mm. I was supposed to be putting myself first this year and like getting my health, you know, back where I wanted to be and you know my career where I wanted it to be. Like I was really supposed to be taking care of myself and turning myself into a priority. And that was where some of my travel plans had come into place. I, I saw that as you know an investment in myself. And, you know, this year obviously has not been the easiest year to just throw your hands up and be selfish, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you, when you, when you look at a year where all of a sudden our families are home. 
Oh, you yeah. Know? It's like it's really hard. Like when when you're going to work every day and you're working like a nine to five and your kids are going to school every day and everyone's out of the house and you only have, you know, three or four hours in the evening where you're really, really responsible for taking care of your family. It doesn't feel as overwhelming as it does when all of a sudden you are responsible for taking care of them 24 hours a day. Yeah. So And like, you know, for me, it, it's been it's also been hard because I've been working from home for four years now. And for most of it, I was by myself during the day. Kids were at school or they were at their dad's house and Jesse was at work all day. And then suddenly they're home doing their classes. Jesse's home working on Zoom calls basically for hella hours straight. And he has a very loud Zoom voice and his desk was in here in the house. But we finally moved him into the garage because both I needed, I needed quiet time to be able to film, like for yes. one. Yes, you do. And you also have to, to have be able to time. work and having him on Zoom yelling all the time was a pain in the ass. But then also <laughs> his desk has his like his amp because he plays guitar, has his guitars. It has his World of Warcraft. And because he's on the computer all day for work, working at his fun desk was making it so it was no longer fun after work to be playing. He was losing his things that he blows off steam with because he had been working at that same spot all day and it was really hard for him. So separating it and having him out in the garage actually gave him some amount of, of separation, which was helpful. The biggest problem was that we moved him out there and then the wildfires started like the very next day. Oh my gosh. Smoky out there. And like, it's kind of cold out. Like it's not like it's the walls are finished, but it's not insulated. So it's been an interesting process trying to get him relatively comfortable out there, but the benefits outweigh is, so that's been happening I feel like to a lot of people people that used to be able to um you know go to work and come home and maybe separate themselves and have some like downtime and relaxing time at home now it feels like those of us that work from home we're kind of working all the time um you know I, I can't I, I remember when school went all virtual in March and all of my communication with my students had to start happening over my computer or my phone. And it was happening during hours when I used to not be working, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. because things were happening, you know, kids were contacting me after hours when normally I would be at home doing something else. And it just really mm-hmm. felt like that it was kind of taking over my life. So I can see how he would want to find a way to compartmentalize like, this is when you're supposed to be relaxed and this is when you're supposed to be working. And I've struggled right. with and that that's true since for I started working who works from at home. home. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Caitlin. And yeah. I feel like even the work from home people have been affected. Like I used to have a quiet space when my kids were at school, I could do work on my computer on the couch or something. And now I have to like go into an office and close the door <laughs> and lock it so that they don't get in here. Well, and see, I don't yeah. have an office. My, my, I mean, I do have an office, but my office is like my little dining, what would have been like the little dining room area in like the mm-hmm. living room. So like right in front of me is the couch and mm-hmm. the TVs yes. and the cat box. And to the left of me within a couple of feet is my kitchen. Yeah. So when my kids were, when my kids, when I was sharing before this all started, before COVID started, when I was sharing custody of my kids on the weeks I had my kids, I would go get them from school and then they'd come home and they'd be doing homework and I'd have to be keeping an eye on them and yelling at them when they weren't doing their shit or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so at that point I knew that it was time to work on emails and things that I didn't have to be super creative for because I had to kind of keep an ear out for them, but that helped me transition out of work and into like making dinner and having, and so that was okay. 
but on the weeks that the kids were at their dad's and Jesse was at work till 6.30 or 7, I would just work straight through because that would help me get caught up on things that I couldn't get done on the weeks we had the kids. But that means that when it was time for dinner, I was like, it, the transition was like abrupt and yeah. I would just not cook. And that's when we would have trouble like ordering out too much. So I wound up before COVID going to like Starbucks for like the last hour of my work day to work on emails or something to just get me out of my house so that I could separate work, like my computer and my kitchen from each other. The other problem is, is that my favorite hobbies are in my planners and painting and drawing and lettering. And those things have always been my favorite hobbies. And now they're also part of my job. So I have such a, it's that problem you get into, like the whole idea of monetizing your hobbies or whatever. It's a, it's a trap. Because suddenly your hobbies are no longer relaxing. They're work. Yes. Thank you. I went through the same thing. So that's why Animal Crossing is my hobby. And Jesse's like, you should stream Animal Crossing. I'm like, no. Because if you (laughs) streamed it, then it wouldn't be a fucking hobby anymore. Yes, thank you. It would not be fun. It would not be fun. I know. My kids said the same thing to me. So it's funny, you know, when when you mentioned having that time to be creative when no one else is home. I do find that it is harder for me, especially like before COVID when I would make YouTube videos, it was harder for me to be creative and make YouTube videos when there were people home that Mm. could walk in on me or talk to me or distract me or could even hear me. It was almost like it needed to be something that happened in private. I've pointed out to people with my YouTube videos, if you notice that the timbre of my voice, like it's a little lower, a little quieter. It's yeah. probably because now this year, maybe it's a little different because people have been in the house all the goddamn time. But like before that, <laughs> it would be because I filmed oh on a day God. when someone else was somewhere in the house. It doesn't yes. even our house. We joke that our house has no privacy, right? Like it's a, we have an 1100 oh, square oh foot gosh, house. Yes. It's tiny. It's a California house. So it's hella expensive, but it, like you can hear everything everywhere. And so my, if you hear me on a video and I sound a little less like loud, a little bit more hushed, it's probably because I was not alone in the house. And I was self-conscious. Yes. And I've been thinking about years now. And you think I'd be better at it, but nope. <laughs> no, you can you can feel it. There's a you can feel a, like there's a tension or a difference when you're trying to to do you know to do stuff when there's people home. And I think that what you're talking about is what happened to me this year. Is that you know this hobby that I started, you know, became something that wasn't. It didn't feel like a hobby anymore. It felt more like a job. And Mm -hmm. I already had a job, you know? So it was like around, we had been in quarantine for maybe a month and a half, two months. And, um, you know, the listeners all know this, but Sydney, my husband left, we separated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I feel like maybe it was COVID that kind of broke the camel's back, like the, all the together time. Um, But, you know, I didn't feel like after he left, I just never really felt like getting back up there and trying to hustle and have two jobs. So, you know, it just it wasn't fun anymore. So now the only time that I ever really decorate a planner is when I know that I can be like really relaxed and not have to be under any pressure. Um, But Mm -hmm. you I want to get to your planner lineup because you said that you were going to be in a bullet journal. And speaking of pressure. Don't you feel like that that is putting a lot on yourself, like to make spreads from scratch all the time? Like, is that what what prompted that decision? Okay, so 
this year has been I now it's funny a couple of my viewers pointed this out to me back in like September they yeah. said that you know every year Cindy right around this time you go through like a crisis of planner faith you're like fuck dude I just I don't like what I'm doing or whatever and they pointed it out and I look back and I mean it's documented on my fucking YouTube channel but I didn't even notice the pattern but my viewers did but I always kind of like I I'm not somebody who tends to jump around. Like there are people who like have 20,000 planners and they they are comfortable swapping it up, especially in the happy planner community because you guys have the opportunity to like change your shit out because of the discs, which I really hate. I don't like changing <laughs> my shit out. I like having it all in one spot. I that's why coilbound planners were always so good for me because they like I liked having one thing and this is the thing I use. And if it's not exactly right for me at any given moment, I utilize stickers or washi tape or whatever to kind of adapt it to what I need. Like that was something that with like spirit like spurred my creativity, right? So that, yes. that was my style. So this year, um I was fine with my Aaron Condren, and then the stuff happened with Aaron Condren the lady and her kids and the graduation and the black lives yes. matter thing. Yes. And I was like, you know what? There had been other op like instances of Erin Condren herself being. Not great. <sighs> not awesome. Not great. But... <laughs> I was going to use the word problematic, but that word is starting to like lose all meaning to me. So yes. yeah, not great. And I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm tired of this. This planner is okay, but it's like, and I've used it for a long time, but honestly, let's just, let's figure some shit out. And so I yeah. stopped using it and I decided, so I didn't use a planner at all for a while. And I had stopped oh. using my bullet journal almost entirely because I just, my life just felt so like, like time had no more meaning because of COVID. I'd really started to yes. enter into like the, the, the crisis, the existential crisis of COVID, you know? Yeah. And then I started reviewing planners and going through like every week I would review a planner by using it that week. I would I started doing live plan with me every week instead of just once a month. And I started using a different planner every week and then updating people with how it went. And I started using the budget mom planner and it worked really well for me because it had like worksheets that you fill out like this week, I'm going to be eating these things. And here's my housework for the week. And here's my grocery list. And I was like, good, it's telling me what to do. Somebody is telling me what to do. And that's what I want right now. Yes. Yeah. I did that for a little bit. And I started using my bullet journal again as like just lists, which is how I've always used it. Right. Yeah. And then suddenly I found myself not really using the budget mom planner. Like I just, I would be using my bullet journal every week and my budget mom planner was just like, I would decorate it during the live plan with me, but I wouldn't go back to it throughout the week. And I also, by the way, before COVID started using, this was like maybe the year before COVID, I started using Google calendar for all my future planning mm -hmm. because oh. I got to the point where I would keep the monthly calendar and that was my my like go-to that was where all the appointments were all the things were on my monthly calendar I lived by my monthly calendar but nobody in my family would look at it and so they would depend on me to tell them and remind them about all of the things and I got yeah. sick yes adult ass <laughs> husband and two teenager ass kids and they are old enough to know shit so I finally was like fuck this so I started a family <laughs> calendar that we all had and that's where I started putting their appointments and that worked so well that I started utilizing it to like plan out my work stuff, my editorial calendar, everything else. And I still need to use pen and paper to figure my week out, but I can use the Google calendar for like the long-term stuff. Yes. And so using a weekly planner, it just, 
I was struggling with it. And so then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to challenge myself. First in September, I challenged myself to just use my pen only, no stickers. Right. And I really loved it. I did it. I had a bunch of videos up about different things you could do, like ways to use highlighters and lettering and how you could make your planner look cute without knowing any fancy lettering. It was a fun month. It was a fun challenge. And at the end of it, after the next couple of weeks where I was using the weekly, the budget mom planner, I was still not using stickers because I'd had so much fun. And then I was like, well, if I'm not using stickers and I'm using all my pens and I'm drawing all these things, why don't I try just using a bullet journal okay. method of task list is really helpful for me. It works the way my brain works. It works the way my um, my business works. So I've been using that and then drawing and layouts. And then I started having more fun with it because I've been doing it weekly live. And so I have people talking at me and I can yammer and it's just, it's fun. It's my closest thing to like, now I can't go anywhere. So it's the closest I get to going out now every week. And so I decided I was, so I've been bullet journal only November and this month. And I decided I was going to give it a try in 2021. And that's the four hour fucking setup I just did. And <laughs> yeah, wow. but it allows me an opportunity to kind of try different things and be a little bit more creative and have a little fun with it, but be more flexible. And I haven't found a planner that really is working for me. Like I do not have a planner there for all I've reviewed about a billion planners and there has not been one recently that has felt right. And so like Mari Mundo has always said, why don't you just draw the planner you want? And I'm like, I'm too lazy for that. And she's like, well, you should just do that. And I'm like, I'm too lazy for that. Well, apparently <laughs> now I'm willing to spend four fucking hours on it. So <laughs> I'm giving it a try. Now that's not oh. the only planner I'm using this next year in terms of other things. But it's the only one that I'm actually, it sounds so silly, right? When we talk about our planner lineups, but how many of them are we actually like planning in and how many are we actually like doing something else in, but their, their original purpose was a planner, right? Right. Yes. <laughs> so like yes. my planner lineup for this next year, and it's not entirely certain. There's another planner I'm going to be taking a look at, but this is where I think it's going to be, is going to be a bullet journal, my power sheets for goal, goal setting, and then I have um, my Google calendars, which is the other kind of piece of it. And then the two things that I'm using that aren't planners, but are planners, if you know what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> They're planners exactly. that I'm not planning in. Um, I'm using a Hobonichi Weeks, which I hate the paper, but it's the right size. And I want one that has the whole year in it. And the ones that have better paper don't have a whole year in them generally. Okay. To do memory keeping in. Because last year I had a page for every day in like a B6 or a A5 notebook. And that's too much. I suck ass at taking pictures. I suck ass at memory keeping. I want something simple. And this is a smaller thing for the week. So a little less pressure. So I want to memory keep that. And then I have the Adam J. Kurtz unsolicited advice planner which is the i hate quotes in my planners i don't like inspirational bullshit in my planners like (laughs) fuck you tony robbins but like (laughs) but his planner has things like you know maybe you should drink some water or it's not okay but that's okay like things like that like it's it's kind of snarky but also kind of kind i love his sense of humor and it's this little like horizontal situation. And I wasn't the one who called it this. Somebody on Instagram called it this after watching my video, but I, I love it. The practice of morning pages. I've tried it. The idea of it where you just free write first thing in the morning to like clear your brain before you actually start thinking about yes. things. I love the idea of it. I have tendonitis writing for three pages would wreck my hand every day. And then I wouldn't be able to do the actual work I need to do like hand lettering. So 
this little thing, I can do morning paragraph every day. Oh, perfect. <laughs> write a paragraph, oh, yes. and that's all I need. So those are the ones I'm using. That's all I've got so far. I have not decided. to add to your decision no. making, and I know that you hate discs, but the Happy I Planner has this mini that is the same ish layout as the Hobbity Two Weeks. Just throwing that out there. I really hate the discs. I tried it for a little while with something. <laughs> I don't remember what. And I just, I don't like them. Like I'm yeah. very, like part of the, re- like plum paper would ideally be the weekly planner I would go to because it mm-hmm. has the layout I want, like of all the planners and it has a coil. It's not that mm-hmm. shitty wire O binding. It's not discs. It's the, it's a good coil. Their paper is so smooth. I hate it. It is. Oh. It's smooth. I'm <laughs> yeah. very tactile. Like I, the way me things too. feel, the way yeah, things Leanne. feel, the way things yeah. sound for me are very important. And Plum paper paper, it's like it's so smooth that to me it's it's not the same feeling, but it it brings the same level of like horror that I get when I touch newsprint. Like <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I hate oh, okay. it. So yes, yes, it gives me feeling. it gives me like a very visceral reaction, and I I like I, this is what I I like plum papers layouts, and I like the idea of being able to go to their website. And really putting together a planner that is just for you, that has like mm-hmm. your own personalized columns, um, you know, <laughs> the paper and see, you know, I, I and I am look, look, we we spend a lot of time, much to the chagrin of some of the show's haters, <laughs> we spent a lot of time talking about the Aaron Condren situation. We did, um, yeah. Yes, we addressed that on the show at length, um, mainly because I am an Aaron Condren user, and it was well, a big and we wanted deal. to hear all the different takes in the community. Also, like we wanted yes, to hear we, all like multiple yes, perspectives. We, that's we're teachers. We that's what we do. Hear, <laughs> right. We wanted to hear from people in the community who, you know, were leaving and were like, "I'm done with this. She's been not great long enough. Like, let's. I'm out." And we wanted to hear from people who were like, well, I'm staying and here's why. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we did. We talked about that quite a bit. And I have kind of decided that I'm just going to stay because I can't quit the paper. Yeah. I can't. The, the paper, the especially since they read like the Mohawk paper. Oh, it's so nice. It's I can't listen. I, I know. I know that I am probably a terrible person <laughs> that I should leave. <laughs> But I just, I have tried so many other planners and that paper, I need paper that fights me back. Like I need for the paper to, to jump out and like keep my pen from, cause I, I don't, I can't control my handwriting when the paper is too slick. I just can't. Um, well, here's the thing that I say to people who are like in your position or whatever, however, whether it's Aaron Condren or something else, there's no such thing as ethical consumption under consum- right. under capitalism. Like no matter what you do, no matter how, how much you try to be ethical in the choices that you make, there's always going to be harm somewhere. And often the onus being put on individual consumers to make changes takes the responsibility off of the companies that are and the politicians that set the policy that are causing whatever harm is going on and putting it on people because it's easier that way they can keep doing what they're doing and not worry about it. So I've always looked at it as like everybody has to make their own decisions for certain things. And I'm not going to be like 
you know, crusading about it. I'm just not comfortable using the products anymore. And because I do things online and people buy things when I recommend them, like I just want to make sure that I'm just doing the things that are working for me. But if somebody was like, I feel so bad. I have an Aaron Condren planner that I bought and I really don't want to be using it because of blah, 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 but I can't afford to buy a new one. It's like, motherfucker, you already bought it. They have your money. Use it. Like, <laughs> use the planner. Just use and the planner. Other, you know? And there's, there's some people who quit Aaron Condren after other things that have happened. And they were like, why didn't you quit yet? And I'm like, I'm just, I'm, it's, I'm really comfortable with this and it works for my life. And so this is what I'm using. But Eventually, it just wasn't anymore. But everybody has their own lines, their own priorities, their own things. There's a book called uh, it's called What to Eat by Marion Nestle. She's a food politics researcher and writer. And what she was bringing up was the how it, everybody wants to know what it is that they can eat that's going to be the best for them and make them lose weight or whatever it is they want to do. What is it that they can eat? That is going to be the best for the environment or best for whatever. And she's like, there's no clear answer to any of that because your priorities are different. Like she poses the question of if you had the choice between eating an organic tomato from Mexico when you live in Oregon, for example, or a conventionally grown tomato that was grown like within 20 miles of you. Which would you pick? For some people, they would pick the organic one because that's their priority. But other people might pick the conventional one because the carbon footprint is their priority or eating locally is their priority. Neither one of those or eating a different tomato, that's because it's cheaper. Like everybody has different priorities. So it's not fair to expect that people live up to whatever your standard is because their standard might be different. Right. Exactly. Yes. You know, and yes. there are certain things. There are certain standards, things having to do with racism, things having to do with like the LGBTQ community. There are certain standards that everybody should be living up to. Like it's pretty clear cut. But when it comes to what you buy and how you buy it, like like Chick-fil-A is another great example. I don't eat at Chick-fil-A because I have an LGBTQ kid and I really struggle with the donations that they've made. But other people even gay people eat at Chick-fil-A because they like it or they like the people that work there because it's the local, the people that are working there are friends of theirs and they want them to have a job. Like I can't judge somebody for eating there if that's what they choose to do. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. My, I think that we all just need to business. judge each other less. Take care of <laughs> yeah. yourself. Yeah. Don't worry yes. about other people because we all are faced with making decisions every single day and right. we all come from different perspectives. We all come from different things. And again, I'll just, you know, add the caveat that there are, I will judge people if they don't meet certain levels of what I consider to be basic human decency, but like, but when it comes, especially with consumerism, like you could argue that it doesn't matter where Chick-fil-A gives their money. If you're buying fast food rather than making food for your family, then are you doing the right thing? You know, and I'm not saying that's my perspective. I'm just using that as an example. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, easy to start going down the rabbit hole of who's the most virtuous. Right. And it's a bullshit. rabbit hole. Exactly. And it happens so much to moms. I feel like like the mom virtuous community. I can't. (laughs) I only breastfed my kids for like a few months because for some reason I, 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 I'm in the itty bitty titty club and I know (laughs) this doesn't like necessarily impact how much milk you make, but I am not a very productive milky person. And I took the fenugreek. I ate the oatmeal. I did all the fucking things. 
And both of my kids were not thriving when I was breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And so I started formula feeding them. And holy shit, even back in like 2003, 2006, it was a, it was yeah. a, yeah, yep. Exactly. And one of my kids was a NICU baby who had to be on formula because she was four pounds, six ounces at birth. And then my son breastfed until he was two years and I forced him off. (laughs) And so, I mean, I've been on both ends of the spectrum and there's judgment both ways. They're like, well, why are you still breastfeeding your kid? Why aren't you breastfeeding your kid? Don't you know what's in formula? You can't eat that when you're breastfeeding. Like, just let me live, please. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I feel I feel the same. And, you know, I, I, I think that one of the things that I like about your podcast, you know, if you do, you know, get back there to where it's something that you enjoy doing again, is that, you know, looking at what we do on social media versus what we do in our real life. Mm-hmm. Um, it is so easy on social media to make things look so perfect and so like you've got everything together. And I think that one of the things that makes, one of the things that I like about having a podcast, if we want to like talk a little bit about podcasting is that I feel like that the people that follow me and see my one or two posts on Instagram a week, um, that they can listen to the show and kind of know me. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm not putting up like a, here's my fake Instagram life kind of situation. Like that. It's very much like, if you follow me, like you are going to have the opportunity to kind of know who I am as a person and kind of know what what's going on in my life. And I think that's that your show kind of did the same for, for, for you and the people that follow you. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Um, well, that, it, that, it, like, I've never been good at putting up a front to begin with, but right. Yes. Like you, you, this is what you get. Like, this is who I am. And, um, you know, I'm going to make the choices that I make in my life right now. I mean, the listeners all know that, you know, since May when Andy left and, you know, my life has gone through a lot of change this year, but they haven't left. Like they're still listening and they're still, you know, they know that, you know, things are, are, and the choices that I'm going to make over the course of the next couple of years may not be, what everyone who listens to this show thinks that I should do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm going to keep making the show and I'm just going to do, you know, be who I am because I don't have the ability to really be fake like that on Instagram. And I mean, we have all tried, you right. know, like when you first yeah. start your Instagram, you think this is going to be this picturesque, per- like it's going to stay so flawless and perfect. And I just is exhausting. Yeah. Um, it like, is. It's just, it just makes me too tired to try to try to be like a character, you know? Right. Um, well, the, the thing that I find really like, you know, if you have both sides of a social media coin, you have the side where like the aspirational side, right. Where you see the beautiful things and everything. And you're like, Oh, that's so pretty. I'm inspired by that. The inspirational aspirational end of it. But then the other side of it, it's the side where, you can find people to connect with because parts of their life resonate with yours that struggles they're going through resonate with you. For me, a big piece of that is chronic illness. I tend to attract chronic illness people to my community because I talk openly about how I'm feeling. I just put a vlog up where like I am visibly in pain because I fucking bent over and squashed my kidney and it was bad and I showed it and I would have been afraid to do that a few years ago before I started really talking about it but 
by doing that, it allows other people who aren't necessarily in the same type of pain that I'm in, but they're in chronic pain of a different sort or in a chronic illness. And it just, it's helpful to know you're not alone. Yes. And even if you can't fully identify with all of it, or even if there are choices that somebody makes that are not the choices you would make, finding other humans to connect to on a human level is one of the joyous things about social media. Like for all of its problems, for all of the bullshit that comes along with it, for all of the, all of the weirdness with the algorithm. Like if you can find people who, who you resonate with, who make you realize that you aren't the only one in that situation, or you aren't the only one who, who feels that way or whatever, then it, it helps you not feel so lonely and it's really easy, especially as adults to feel hella lonely. Yes. 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 Oh yes. Uh huh. And that's something that I don't do well with. Um, I've learned about myself over the course of the past few years is that I really, you know, I'm not very good at being uncomfortable and I'm not very good at being lonely. And, you know, there's something beautiful about, the fact that like Caitlin and I can make this show and people can feel like that they kind of know us and that they kind of know what we like and what our preferences would be. And when they see something online or they see a meme or they hear something somewhere and they just drop a DM that says, this made me think about you. I felt like you would like it. Yeah. You know, like, like with that... the planning pastor, it's she, so we say you're welcome on the show often. And she sends us the Maui from Moana. Yeah. You know, like people that listen to the show and know us and can come, you know, into our DMS with a little bit of joy, you know, that I thought about you today when I heard this or saw this or whatever. And, you know, Cindy, there's no reason for you with, the, you know, in the community that we're in to try to make your social media presence, anything other than like, look y'all, like I'm sick and it feels like shit and I hate it. And y'all mm-hmm. need to know like that this is who I am and this is what I'm going through. Like how exhausting and awful would it be if you tried to keep that a secret? Right. Right. Oh my God. I don't think I could handle that. You and could like, not do that. Like if you were trying to have a life or look like you had a certain kind of life on social media, like it would kill you. It'd be so exhausting. Yep. And it's funny too, because one of the things I've tried to express and it feels really strange to like even say it out loud is that I feel the worst I have ever felt in my life by far this year. I feel awful. And it's been really difficult with COVID. My kids have struggled with their mental health. You know, Jess and I have both struggled with like our mental health and with parenting and everything else. Like everything is harder this year. And at the same time, I am the happiest I've ever been in my life because we, I have a, like, I am so happy in my marriage to Jess. The thing we talked about last night was that you know, all of the issues we run into with our marriage in terms of time together or snapping at each other or whatever are 99.9% of the time caused by things that are not in control of our, like our marriage cannot control those. They are outside things where we need to address the outside things, not the inside things. Right. And like both of my kids, while they're struggling with their mental health, while it has been really difficult to be parents of them, they are both rad ass fucking people. They are like they are sure of who they are. They are comfortable communicating to me who they are. And we, I'm not renting a house anymore, which for me, I had no idea how scary that I lived in. My parents were poor when I was growing up. We had a lot of housing insecurity, a lot of food insecurity. And I rented for a whole bunch of time. And when my ex and I were together, we filed for bankruptcy. We had a lot of housing insecurity. 
And I never knew how much of a stress my fear of landlords was until I didn't have one anymore. And even though we have a mortgage and it's a California mortgage, so it's not a fun mortgage, but like knowing that like nobody can kick us out of this house, but us or the bank, I guess. Like, right. Yes. Yes. I didn't even know was there. Yeah. You know? And like, I went from being not a cat person to being not a cat person with two awesome cats. Like, (laughs) like I'm just my, my, my life. I am content and happy with my life, even though there are aspects of it that are really difficult right now. But uh-huh. I have, like, I was telling Jesse the foundation of my life, like my relationships with my family, my, my housing, my shelter, my being able to eat, all of those things for the first time in my life. I don't feel like that's wobbly. It's my health that's wobbly, but knowing that for the, and I, I hope I'm not jinxing myself, but like knowing that. There's so much of my life that is on solid ground right now makes being in kidney failure and terrified of what comes next less horrifying. It's oh, still yes. scary. It's still hard. But yes. I, I'm, I'm, I am being held by aspects of my life that are solid. And You have a support so long, system. I yeah. do. And so much of my mm-hmm. life, I, ha- I always, with the exception of my the marriage that failed because of both of us, um, the love and the support I've always got from my family. I've, I'm lucky to have grown up with parents who taught us that we were loved unconditionally and that, that my parents were always just amazed by how rad we were and everything. Like, my parents might've been terrible adults. They were awful <laughs> at adulting. They were irresponsible, <laughs> but they loved us right. And they taught us to love right. And they taught us to have a sense of humor and, that has sustained me through losing both of them super young and through, you know, and through going through divorce. I mean, like they say that the three hardest things that happen to you as an adult that could happen to you as an adult are losing a parent, bankruptcy and divorce. And I went through all of those in my mid twenties. Wow. So yeah, at this point, as I'm 40, I actually am very content with my life. I would just like to deal with the really big threats over, our health, mental and physical that are happening right now. And I mean, to be fair, we right now are in a lucky place. We, Jess and I are both employed. We have not taken a hit. Like, I mean, my, my work, my money, my income has gone down, but a part of that has been because I've been sick, not because of COVID, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not struggling with that the way a lot of people are right now. And I recognize that we're lucky that way, but I just, I am glad that I am able, that if I'm going to be in kidney failure, that I'm also not like behind on my rent the way I was several years ago. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like that, that's an area, I count myself lucky. And it's one of the things I want to make sure people understand that when I talk about how bad I'm feeling, how awful other things are, that I also am grateful for the aspects of my life that allow me to feel as shitty as I am. And have that be the thing that I really need to focus on rather than focusing on a different aspect of my life crumbling. Now, to be fair, parenting has also been hella hard this year. And that has been the other thing that has been and there's been days where it's been awful and I hate the holidays. So, like, it's just been a really shitty month o- overall. But um, but it's just it's it's entirely possible to be feeling awful physically and mentally and also be happy like mm-hmm. I think that sometimes it's really easy to be confused by your feelings and it's good to hear from other people that it there, it is possible to be miserable and happy at the same time. Like, I totally yeah. that on a different they can't, level. They aren't necessarily at odds yeah. with each other. 
Yeah. Totally. Yep. I get that on a different level. Obviously, um, I don't have like health issues or anything going on. But when Brian and I were home together, I like my instant response was anxiety. I was like, we're going to be fighting all the time. We're going to be on top of each other. We're not going to have space. It's going to be terrible. But honestly, like having us both home with the kids has been like the best thing for our marriage. I feel like we are the happiest we have ever been where we work together as a team more than we have ever in the last like 10 years. Um, But I'm also I'm right there with you with the hard parenting. I feel like parenting has been the hardest it's ever been in this time right now. So I'm right there with you with the like complex, complex feelings. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I. You know, this has been when COVID started in March, when we all went home and school got out and everything was kind of like kind of up in the air. um, You know, we all kind of had to put our 2020 goals on the back burner. Um, And, you know, then for my personal life to take such an extreme change and such a, a turn to kind of become, you know, a single mom that is figuring out custody and figuring out, you know, all this, I I think that, um, you know, it's, it's been, people talk about the trash fire of a year that it's been, but I've learned so much and I figured out so much about who I am and what I want. And I'm really happy too. And it feels weird to say that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's almost like scary to say out loud, like, well, yes, um, I need to lose quite a lot of weight to be at my healthiest. And that's going to be a mountain. Um, just because I want to be healthy because I, as I near 40, I feel like that there are things in my life that I want to do. I want to be more active and I look at my health as kind of a barrier to keeping me from being as active as I want to be because I can't move as well as I should. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know, I'm looking at like, you know, the coming year and these goals and I figured out kind of what I want. And even though I have some obstacles, I'm really happy. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's interesting, like to say that to my own, to my mother, like when you're talking to your, you know, I'm talking to my mom and I'm telling her like, yeah, I'm super happy. And she's like, how can you be happy? (sighs) You know, she's like, like how, like, this is, it's it's just, you know, your, your husband left and now you're figuring out all this stuff. You know, it's just, I am, I'm really happy right now and I'm content. And it's because people are complicated. You know, we're complicated people. We can be more than one thing at once. Right. Yes. I'm still sad. You know, I'm still sad that, you know, things are not working out and that, you know, the family is going through this transition, but I can also be happy and still be sad about that situation. Um, So, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I I love how you put that, you know, yes, you have the health challenges that you're facing, but you have a support system in place that I honestly feel like that everything that you've been through in your life, like you were working towards building that support, figuring out like how to get your life in a position where you could feel content. Isn't that what we're all looking for? Yeah. Um, And it's, you know, with divorce, because I went through that, you know, many, many years, my kids were three and five when Russell and I split. And, and one of the things that I've always thought about is, did we do the right thing? Did we, by the kids, did we do the right thing by the kids? Like, I know we did the right thing for us, but did we do the right thing by the kids? And looking at it now with my kids, they bear the burden of having to switch houses every week, right? That's just, that's that's on them. But they yeah. both agree that we did the right thing because now they have four parents who are happy 
and with each other. Like they have the example of two relationships that function very differently from each other. Like they absolutely function differently from each other, but they get to see how two healthy relationships in two very with two very different dynamics function. And that is so much better for them than seeing one relationship that's toxic. And ours was yes. toxic at the end. And we have been able to become much better co-parents over the years. It took some adjustment. It took time. But we became much better co-parents over the years, both because not living together made it a little easier for us to communicate with each other. But also, we both have partners who are better at communicating than we are because we both suck at communicating. And so us being together made it like the exponential suckiness. But he has a partner who compliments him and is awesome. And I have a partner who compliments me and is awesome. And they were both, they became friends with each other before Russell and I got better at communicating with each other. And that friendship that they built then helped us all become a much better parenting unit. And so seeing that, so even though there are still things the kids have to deal with, like sharing the custody and like this week, Jess and I were both, they went back to dads and we were both just like super bummed out, like really missing them. And there have been weeks where they've gone back to dads and they've been fighting with each other all week. And I'm like, you go to your dads, just go back to your dads. Get out of here. You know, like, <laughs> but, and sometimes, sometimes it's hard. Some weeks it's harder than others, but we have learned over the years to appreciate the time we don't have them so that we can really focus on our relationships so that when we do have them, we are stronger for them. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. mm-hmm. yes. divorce is not well, always like divorce is not necessarily a great thing for everybody concerned, but it can, it can facilitate much better overall relationships for kids and for the parents in the long run. Yes. And, and I am glad that we did that because I think my kids would have had a much harder time having two parents who were awful to each other by the end, like yeah. awful. Yes. Cat actually remembers some of it. RJ doesn't remember any of it. Cat remembers some of it, and Cat's like, "Yeah, mom, oh, you guys know, you guys were not happy with each other." Like, yeah, yeah. well, and that's the, you know one of the hardest things that I have found about being separated is that well, it took me a few weeks, you know, after the separation began, to realize, okay, I am okay. Um, and, you know, yeah, I can, I can sit in my living room and cry for a while and, and it's okay. And I'm allowed to feel those feelings. Um, but, you know, having to kind of reclaim my life and figure out like, okay, so your life did not revolve around this relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's up to you now to make sure that your kids see you being resilient and standing up and being, you know, strong and taking care of what you need to take care of. And, you know, I, I, your, your story is a little bit inspirational for me because I am at the beginning of it right now of figuring out, you know, how to separate a toxic relationship. Right. And, and and you've had some time also to have an opportunity to look at that relationship because at the beginning you're like, I just want him to come home. Like, I just want all of these things. And now you're able to look at it and be like, well, maybe that wasn't the best thing for me, you know? Yes. Yes. You know, well, it's entirely possible to grieve what you thought Mm -hmm. you were going to have the future you thought you were going to have to grieve that while being excited for the new future that yeah. you realize might be better because these the, the future you thought you were going to have wasn't going to happen anyway. Right? Yeah, and I think like, that we can um, get caught up a little bit and get stuck in that place 
where we don't feel like it's right. Like I'm feeling very excited for the future and I almost feel guilty about feeling that excitement because of what has happened this year. I feel like, well, you're supposed to be sad. Like you're supposed to be miserable right now. Like you're not supposed to be happy. You're going through a divorce and your family is falling apart and it's the holidays and it's your job right now to just sit at home and feel shitty all the time about yourself. And I just don't. Yeah. Um, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that, dude. Like, there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. And, like, here's the thing. You know, you can be, two people can be in a toxic relationship without either person actually being toxic. Yes. The yes. relationship might be toxic. Like, my ex-husband is a great dad, and he's a good guy. Yeah. But his personality and my personality are not, they don't mesh with each other. That's, if you hear yeah. that in the background, that's my magical automatic litter box cycling yeah. the greatest five hundred dollars we've ever spent it's a Woo-hoo. bougie litter box but bougie it is goddamn it. it's yes. so great you guys... we have two cats in one litter box because oh, it cycles beautiful. every time one of them uses it so, yeah sorry so i, just, I need to no. comment on fabulous litter box no, it's, <laughs> it's actually the perfect time because we have come to our two-hour mark And while this show does frequently run very long and we promised people that they could listen to us in little chunks all week during their Christmas preparations or whatever, um, we have got to get to the currently page because we want to know what you're currently doing. So sitting um, at my desk. (laughs) yes yes we have categories for you um it's very much um inspired by the currently page at the beginning of every month in a happy planner that was kind of what we said they don't have them anymore very much right and i you know i i've always loved looking back on like oh well in september of 2018 i was watching breaking bad look at me (laughs) um you know like i've kind of i've always loved kind of being able to look back on that stuff and I find it very interesting to hear what our list, what our guests are currently doing too. So um, I have to ask, because this is what we do. Do y'all know what time it is? <laughs> I don't know what time it is. Caitlin, tell me. how are you enjoying your subscription to the Yay Day Paper Company? I love it. Since we can't leave the house right now, it's been so nice to have a digital service available for my crafting needs. I feel the same. Anytime I feel the urge to make something new, I just log into my Yay Day Paper Company account, and there's tons of fun ideas there. And because it's a monthly subscription service, they add more stuff every few weeks that I can play with. I never get bored. Yes, and I don't feel like I'm breaking the bank because the monthly cost is so affordable. Plus, if I ever get stuck or feel like I don't know what to do, they have videos, online tutorials, and product guides built into the website, so I always find the help I need. Girl, I have needed those tutorials more than once. So have I, but the learning is what makes it so much fun. I know, and right now, Spiced Chaos listeners can subscribe for less than everyone else. Yes, they can. Use code SPICEDYAY to save $5 off a year-long Yay Day subscription and code SPICEDYA15 to save 15% off anything in their online shop. That's right. Go sign up now, everyone. We're off to craft. Hey, Caitlin. Yes, girl? Aren't you sick and tired of not being able to find trendy and cute plus-size clothes? Oh, girl, yes. I hate only being able to buy moo-moos and tents. Well, those days are over because I just found the cutest online boutique. Wait, is it Chic Soul? 
Yes, how did you know? Because I already shopped there and I can't believe how adorable everything is. I know, I just got my first order and every single thing fit me perfectly. That never happens. Oh, I believe it. Chic Soul has tops, dresses, rompers, jeans, leggings, basically everything. And the clothes actually fit a plus size woman between sizes 12 to 24. Exactly. They aren't just regular clothes made bigger. These are clothes that are tailor-made to fit plus-size bodies. And guess what? Chic Soul has teamed up with Spice Chaos to offer our listeners 15% off. That's right. Enter promo code SPICED15 to save 15% at ChicSoul.com. That's promo code S-P-I-C-E-D-1-5 for 15% off. Happy, Happy shopping. shopping. Currently paid time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, the rock is cooking. That's kind of where I thought you were going with this. Yes. Okay. Like we have to, you know, there, there has to be like a little bit of, um, like a little bit of an intro before That's the currently right. page. Or so, they would never forgive us, the listeners. Yes. They, they would never know what time it is. I mean, that's, that's right. why they, that's why they come here. <laughs> um, so I will start and then we will get, and we will do this quickly because we yep. know we've kept you for a long time. And I just want to say, before we even get into this, you are very, um, inspirational and easy to listen to speak. Yes. And I knew that that was going to be the case because I've heard you speak in, in public in front of other people. So, but, um, you know, just, I love that, you know, you can tell me like, yes, there is life after divorce and things can be okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad to help. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's felt like therapy for me a little bit. So oh. what are you currently reading? Are you reading anything right now? Um, I'm reading Barack Obama's new book and <gasps> I am rereading, rereading fire and blood, which is a, uh, it's a history of the Targaryen rule in Westeros. It's a Song of Ice and Fire book, the Game of Thrones books, oh. which I've been a fan of. I've been a big fan of since like 1998. I'm one of those hipsters. But um, oh, from way before. The new show is going to be coming out, and there it's going to be from that time frame. And so I just got interested in rereading. It's written like a history book, but I actually yeah. think it's rad. So yeah, wow, that's what I'm that's kind of bouncing cool. between right now. Yes. So I read those um, Song of Fire and Ice all the way up until the end of the third book. And then I made it through the third book and I could not get into the fourth one. I just couldn't do That's it. Not surprising. Now imagine um, that you got that fourth book after waiting for six years. Yes. I would have been so upset um, because there were so many people that were missing from that book. And it was just very, it was hard for me to find my way in. And I just never, I never picked it back up. So um, but I love that there's going to be, isn't what wouldn't they call the show like a spinoff of Game of Thrones? Yeah, it's going to be um, called House of the Dragon. It's actually oh. going to be about a civil war that happened in between two factions of the Targaryens, I think maybe about 200 years before the show's events. Yes. And at this point, there were a lot of Targaryens and a shit ton of dragons, and they were all dragon riders. Ooh. So it's a civil war between people who ride dragons. There's a lot of big fights between dragons in the air and shit. Oh, it's, it's, that awesome. pretty, it's very bloody and brutal and fucking rad. And I'm excited. Oh, yes. I can't oh. wait. I love Game of Thrones. I cannot wait. I can't wait. Oh, and you just that shared that with great. me. I didn't know that was even happening. Yep. Yeah. All awesome. right. <laughs> Perfect. So what are you planning right now, Cindy? My... 2021 planner content. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically all I'm planning right now. That's right. Like, not like our hall, we still haven't even done Christmas shopping yet. Like we are so in like a just janky place right now. So we're just oh. 
I'm just I'm I'm kind of limping my way to the end of the year. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I just I just recently placed all of the online orders. Oh boy. So them in time. Right. Everything yeah, is. I, I I'm constantly getting notifications from Amazon right now that such and such is being delivered. Such and such is shipped, and you know I can't even remember now what all I've ordered, but it's just it's a lot. So I've I've finally <laughs> you know made those decisions. But that's the only thing Christmassy that I've done. So I, I'm right. I'm right there with you. Um, but yeah, you. Um, if you are making four-hour videos, <laughs> right? That's a lot of time. Then, yeah. Yeah. Then planning your 2021 planner content is definitely what you're. Well, what are you watching? Are you watching uh, anything fun? Yes. Um. So RJ and I are when he's here, we're watching Shit's Creek. We just <gasps> got, I think, halfway through the second season. We're both Yay! super into it. And yes. then I haven't actually watched it yet, but tonight, hopefully, Jesse and I are going to watch the first episode of The Stand, the new limited yes. series. That came out. I love Stephen King. He's one of my favorite authors, and The Stand is one of my favorite books, so I'm really excited about it. And then we, just the other night, watched the new uh, Bee Gees documentary that is out on HBO, and it is fantastic. Oh, so, was it good? My dad I love loves the Bee Gees. So, yeah, my dad, I, yeah. he raised me on them. Um, my grew up with the Bee Gees because he's you know he's only 14 years older than me but like I was talking to him about it and he absolutely adored the documentary said it brought back so many good memories so your dad maybe should try and watch it if he has HBO okay yeah well um you know he I remember there were nights okay so there was one night that a new CD came out from some artist that I really like and it was coming out at midnight at media play do you guys remember that store called media play Mm -hmm. um way back in the day I remember that store yes well they used to do like midnight music releases like when a new cd would come out you could go and pick it up at midnight so there was an artist that i really liked and i wanted to go get the new cd at midnight and my dad was like well that's fine but i'm gonna buy a bg cd when i'm there and that's what we're listening to on the way home so you're gonna have to wait (laughs) so we have something called tower records where they would do that yes yes it was similar to that but see yeah he was like okay i will drive you out there at midnight i'll do that for you but you're gonna have to listen to the bgs like all the way there and back so um, you know, we, so that's what we did. I have, I will always think fondly of them because my dad loves them. Aww. Um, yeah. So, and Schitt's Creek is awesome. Um, that is a wonderful show. And I finally, I finished Schitt's Creek a couple weeks ago and I just sobbed at the end. Yeah. No spoilers. We're only no, in the, I'm, the second season. <laughs> no, I'm not going to spoil it for you. I can't figure out why I was crying. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sitting here and I'm watching it and I'm like, this is a funny show that has not pulled at my emotions at all. And then, you know, but when things end, you get sad. So I just found my friends are leaving. Yeah. I was like, oh, I should also add that I am in the middle of season four of The Crown, but I've kind of put it on pause because I got really angry at Charles and I was like, okay, I need to take like a step back from this for a little while. So I'm going to go back to it. I really love that show, but like, I I I never finished the second season. Oh, go back. The third season is this. It's yeah. It took me a little bit of time to get used to the cast change, but it's, it's um, an excellent show, and I'm really excited for the fa- the final seasons because Jonathan Price is going to play Philip, and I love him. So. Oh, really? Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay, well, and I I did um I did enjoy the first season, and then I saw part of the second season, and then I put it down. Y'all, I'm currently rewatching Grey's Anatomy just in case anybody wants to know what <laughs> I'm currently watching. Um, oh my gosh! So I'm currently just... watching Always Sunny in Philadelphia for the first Ooh. time ever. Yes, he loves that show. Wow, my husband loves good it too. Choice. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, but see, I'm sitting here in front of Grey's Anatomy for hours at a time asking myself, why are you watching this again? Like, I, I can't even the vampire figure. Slayer. Yes, yes, but I, I, I just, I, I've seen, I've seen that show like several times through too. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where I feel comforted by the fact that there's something on TV that I've seen before. Yeah, um, pay super attention to it, but it's like a friend. I like to yes. read books and rewatch <laughs> shows because it's like it's comforting, you know. Yes, well, these people yeah. that work at Seattle Grace, they're my family now. Um, <laughs> You know, like, well, I have been like, I have watched the show so many times through that, you know, I know like, okay, well, it's about to be time for this character to leave the show. And then we're going to have this character is going to join the show. And same for the people who work at Dunder Mifflin. Yes. And see, no, Dunder Mifflin, the office, those people are my family. Like They really are like, they have helped me. They've helped me through some really difficult times. Like when I was sad, I would watch The Office and, you know, it's just, right. it's comforting. So, um, all right, what's next, Caitlin? Let's all right, moving. what are you eating? And it can be right this second or craving that you've had recently. Any of those options are totally fine. Um, well, I'm not eating anything at the moment, but I did order some breakfast. But um, I actually, lately, our whole house has been obsessed with this. Oh, that might be my breakfast. Um, <laughs> I heard the Our whole house. Y'all is obsessed with uh, this chicken gnocchi soup. I got the recipe mm. off of the internet, off of Pinterest. Like I found it, on, it's like a blog recipe, but it is easy to make and it is like the most comforting soup. Oh, so good. So I love, I love RJ so has much. requested oh. it every single week that he's here. He wants it to have it. Sounds awesome. <laughs> it sounds yes. delicious. Um, We've been so making a lot you... of soup too. Oh yeah. Are you making soup too? It's so nice in the, in the winter time mm-hmm. to eat soup. Yeah. Um, so what are you loving right now? Uh, this is going to be so bougie, but um, the Charlotte Tilbury Pillow Talk lipstick has become the only thing I put on my lips besides my like lips and my lip mask at night. Like, I love it. I feel like it I know this so much. Yes, it's I, gorgeous. It's one of those I, your lips, but better. And she came out with different skin, like different depths of it for different skin tones. But like, oh. it's one of those things where I put it on and it just looks good, like effortlessly good. And oh wow! I put a little bit of makeup on every day, even if like I'm not gonna be on camera or anything, because I, when I see myself in the mirror, I can see how sickly I look, wow. and so putting a little bit of makeup on makes me look a little less like I'm dying. So, oh. <laughs> and that lipstick actually just really helps to like warm up my face. Charlotte Tilbury, you guys, um, I I know this brand. I, yes, I don't... it's a fantastic. Brand. Pillow Talk is like her cult lipstick. Like it's okay. like her favorite okay. lipstick. Okay, and all right. So Caitlin, we need to we need to get our hands on that because Caitlin is a chapstick girl. I am. So, I'm a chapstick girl. I don't usually but, wear lips, but Leanne likes like every color in the Mac rainbow. I love <laughs> lipstick. I do. Um, and but but Caitlin, I feel like that for you is something like that that just amplifies the color of your own lips. Uh huh. Might be might be something that you would enjoy. Yeah, I could definitely check that out for sure. Yeah, because it wouldn't be like a dramatic kind of you know, change in your lip color, but yeah. So mm-hmm. think about that. I will. I will think about that thinking. Um, oh, are you next Caitlin or is it me? Um, oh, you did loving. Okay. So it's, it's my turn. Sorry. I'm lost here. <laughs> professional. Um, okay. <laughs> Super professional. Okay. What are you dreaming about right now, Cindy? Um, well, like the, the dream that we're in right now is getting a dog this year. We want to get a golden retriever oh. and 
the weird dream is that I dreamt that I was working with Pentatonix and I was creating an arrangement for them. And I don't remember what song it was, but it was a good song. And in my mind, I came up with like the perfect five part harmony. And then I woke up and I couldn't remember the harmony and I was so pissed off. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh my gosh. That's the best. Isn't that- isn't that the way? That's the way. I'm yes. so smart in my dreams, y'all. You I can compose anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I hope that you guys can get. I can't make the music thing come true for you, but maybe hopefully the dog thing can come true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we are also um, dreaming of pets, but ours are a little bit weirder. So we have some ducks that we love, <laughs> like pets, and you know they come inside <laughs> and all the things. And we actually want to get a goose to add to our flock. Oh, this. <laughs> new information for me <laughs> yes this is so you have never said the word goose to me caitlin where is this coming from <laughs> well okay so a few things so they're actually really good guardians for your ducks because ducks are basically prey waiting to be eaten because they have like no defenses but geese have like actual teeth and they're they're typically mean to things that they don't know and so they can be good guardians when i was like four so we're hoping that we can hand raise it and then it will be nice to us but protecting <laughs> our ducks so that's that's the goal okay well and you know what if you raise it and it's not nice to you you can just cook it that's right we could we could do that that would be very mm-hmm. sad though that's yes well of course <laughs> it would but uh, that, but that would teach your children so much about oh raising their own food <laughs> oh, no. yes um, it would you know, you're already teaching them about growing their own garden. Why not that's about, right. you know, raising your own meat to eat? See, that's kind of where I draw the line. Like, I know meat comes from somewhere, and I totally get that, and I consume it and all of that stuff. But I, I'm just not sure if I can actually go to that step where I prepare it and all of that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that I could pluck the feathers off of a oh, goose at yeah. home. Sorry. I I, that. That's not my jam. Yeah, and I'm um, kind of like a family of hunters, so I'm, I'm very aware of, like, what happens and the process and all of that, but I don't know if I could, like, be hands-on, like, in there. No, I'm not going to be skinning any venison or whatever, so that's just, <laughs> no. I'll see that for my future. No, but deer sausage, um, bring it over to my house. I will eat it. Um, <laughs> if someone else will prepare it, then I might eat it, but I'm not yes. doing it myself, no. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, but Caitlin, you know me right now. If Postmates and DoorDash don't deliver it to me, then I'm probably not going to be eating. I know HelloFresh so. is a little too complex for Leanne right now. Yeah, HelloFresh is too much. I'm sorry, I'm not going to be grating a root vegetable with a no, Mm-mm. no, uh-uh. no. When they send me that stuff, I'm like, this carrot has all the little brown stuff on it. <laughs> What am I supposed to do with this carrot? I can't eat it this way. And for me, I'm like, they sent me a box of magic. Here we go. <laughs> no, ma'am. No, I don't want to mince garlic. Are you kidding oh, me? Oh, I love mincing garlic, actually. That sounds super weird, but I love cooking. It's just so much fun. I love no, it. sorry, HelloFresh. You can keep that. <laughs> um, yes. Okay, so how are you feeling? What are you feeling right now? Hungry. Oh, yes. Same. Yes. Let's move it on. We are all feeling hungry. What's next, Caitlin? Okay. What are you listening to right now? Besides you guys? No. Yeah. uh, Currently, my two sort of situations are um, the You're Wrong About podcast, which I am really just 
super into. They just did a five part series on Princess Diana. And, and, um, and then the other thing is um, Muse came out with a new album a couple. Muse is one of my favorite bands. They came out with a new album a couple years ago. It's very it feels very 80s kind of Tron like. It's called Simulation Theory. Uh-huh. And came out. I wasn't really feeling it. And for some reason, it hits for me now. Like, I have gone from, okay, I'm not sure about this, to now I'm obsessed with it. So, yes. So, yeah. I love when that that happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was nice because, like, that's happened to me with some of their stuff before where it's like it's taken a little while for me to warm up to it. But then as soon as I did, I can't stop listening to it. Yeah. Uh Mm -hmm. And now I've made a, a comeback after watching that documentary. So. Oh, the Bee Gees. <laughs> yes. Come back in your playlist. Um, yeah. Not yeah. That I well, had them too far from my playlist, but <laughs> I do find it. I do find it very fun to find an album that you used to kind of be like on the fence about, and then it really start to speak to you in a different part of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that. I think that that's always fun. Um, and then what do we have left, Caitlin? One more? Is we, it me? Uh, we have two more. So one for me, one for you. So, no, oh, no, she just, just finished. No, she just did listen. No, so we have just yours. Yep. I, I oh, swear okay. So I'm it's just here. me. I'm, I'm, I'm up. Okay. So what are you drinking? Water. Just all the time? Or are you? Well, just, well we've I've talked about alcohol coffee. a little bit. We've talked coffee about Coffee in the morning. Yeah. Ginger ale when I'm nauseated, which is often mm-hmm. with kidney failure. But yeah. again, the kidney failure. I am on diuretics. So I'm basically drinking water all of the time yes constantly mm-hmm. or I, feel I can't i'm very impressed that you've made it through this long recording without having to go pee or anything i mean like right? sometimes caitlin and i have to take a break i already did um, one i already did one <laughs> 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 oh my gosh okay so um well we're gonna go ahead and let you go and let the listeners go because this has been a long one but um it has been everything that i wanted it to be yes it's been um, my pleasure <laughs> Yes, um, I, I really what what we wanted, I think, more than anything was just, you know, to hear to hear from you just about like everything that's been going on with you for the past, well, year. Um, and, you know, I think that our listeners will will really appreciate it because most of them probably already know you. So, you know, you, you can remind them one more time right now where they can find you if they're new to you. But, um, you know, after that, then they should all be following. So where can they find you? Um, you can find me on most social media as Llama Letters or just look up my name, Cindy Gunter Baldo, and you'll come across me too. YouTube, yep, podcast, The Uncurated Life, Instagram, you know. All the things. All the things. Not and, TikTok. Um, I'm too old. I'm too old for TikTok. <laughs> no, I am not doing TikTok. I barely learned Instagram like a couple of years ago. I'm not doing it. Yeah, yeah. I know. And now I enjoy occasionally when someone will show me a funny TikTok, but I'm not going to do them myself. So no, when no reels, no TikToks. No reels. I know. What is like new thing? I'm not doing reels. Who's like 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 upper twenties? She's into TikTok, and she will send me TikToks that are funny. So that's how I get. Like I see funny TikToks through her, but I I don't. I yeah. It's not that I'm like anti it. I just I I don't understand it, and neither of my kids give that much of a shit about it. And normally they're the ones who explain things to me if I don't understand it. So. Right. Well, and I have right. trouble yeah. creating like short things anyway, so I feel like trying to create something meaningful in like a short little TikTok video would be challenging. Yeah. yeah. And now the Instagram has this new Reels thing that I, I don't know, know what it is. I'm gonna give you my hot take. I'm gonna give yeah. you my hot take. I think okay. most Reels are obnoxious. 
I okay. Too. The only ones that I like are from Julie's Plans. I love her. <laughs> okay, and see, I haven't I, seen anybody's because I, I just it's like all of a sudden I go to I go to Instagram and all of a sudden everything's different, and I'm like, when? <laughs> Why can I not find my DMs? Like, why right. did you change this? And it's like in have... high school when you used to walk into the Gap and they were sold out or they had changed up the way they did their jeans. And now your favorite jeans are gone. <laughs> yes, I'm just baby. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, well, you know, I really enjoyed this particular kind. I don't know. Like, it's uh, when I get when I go to Instagram and I have to search for my DMs. <laughs> I don't like that. Um, yes. Yeah, I'm already bad enough with my DMs as it is. So, um. But anyway, you guys, speaking of Instagram, you can find Caitlin at Creating in Chaos underscore official on Instagram. And you can also find her on YouTube and um, Patreon as Creating in Chaos. And she has a Instagram for her ducks called Ducking. But it's, um, it's, it's at Ducking Chaos underscore official. So if you want to follow the ducks adventures, you can go over there and follow that because that's a fun yep. little follow. And um, if you need some teaching tips, she has one more Instagram that is chaos in the classroom. So if you need some teaching stuff, then you can go there for that. So, and not only that, you might be able to find her at the Spice Chaos Podcast Instagram from time to time. So that's all the places where you can find Caitlin. All right. (laughs) Yeah, Leanne, take a breath, take a break. Um, You can find Leanne at Spice Plants on Instagram, YouTube, Patreon and probably Facebook and Twitter. I'm sure she's on there too. Um, but you can also find her at the Spice Horizons where she shares cute little Animal Crossing photos as well. Um, yes. and of course, running around the Spice Chaos Instagram and right here listening to her lovely little voice. So that's where you can find <laughs> my bae, Leanne. Right yes, um, all the places. Well, Cindy, this has been like a podcaster's dream come true. I'm, I, I've yes. wanted you to be on our show for so long and we finally got to do it. Thank you. Um, and just thank you for all of your wisdom and just kind, just just giving us this time. It was just awesome. Yes. Thank you. It feels like a big you're so, warm hug. You're very so welcome. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have really, really enjoyed it. And I'm sure that everyone has enjoyed listening to it. So um, everybody just go out and have a great week because this is the week, guys. I don't know if you guys have holiday stuff left to do, but um, it's time. The it's countdown is on. <laughs> Yes, the clock yeah. is <laughs> the clock is ticking. Winter has come. Um, so yes, winter, yes, no more winter is coming. It is here, you guys. Um, so yeah, everyone have a wonderful, wonderful week, and just like always, we will see you in the next one. Bye, friends. Bye. Bye.